I will drink red wine if I'm at like a, a work dinner and they ordered a bottle and that's all there is. And I can't be like, excuse me, Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> um, so I feel like with beer, like I have more range. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, so I really like Flying Dog. They tend to be more alcoholic. So that's why I like the Snake Dog because it's only 7.1%. Otherwise, only. the one time that I did the Tropicals on this podcast, I was wasted afterwards <laughs> and i can't remember what i did but i did like something like super funny oh no that wasn't funny is that was that the time that you signed up for a gym membership no that was actually on solving and blog this um <laughs> this beer was or no the the 8.3 percent beer was the one that i fell asleep in bed with and then spilled all over my sheets <laughs> nice and was just like great i look like an alcoholic and you smell like one too i do <laughs> And welcome to May We Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Joe, and I am joined by my loquacious co-hosts, Shaheen and Bubs. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Um, You can find us on SoundCloud, and I will say iTunes, except our last posting, we got a couple of technical issues where people were saying that they couldn't find it on iTunes. I have resubmitted to Apple. I don't know. I just sent it out into the void. Hopefully, Apple will re-add us or make us searchable. I don't know. Um, But in the meantime, you can certainly find us on SoundCloud and add uh, an RSS feed that way. Um, We also love fan feedback, so feel free to come yell at us on Twitter at MayWeGeekAgain or at MayWeGeekAgain at gmail.com. Or, um, and this has proved to be somewhat successful, as we did start out on Reddit, um, Bubs will post, one of us will, probably Bubs, uh, will post a Reddit thread whenever the episode goes up. So if you feel like coming and yelling at us in long form, um, come yell at us there on Reddit, uh, the 100 subreddit, if that wasn't obvious. Um, (laughs) This is episode 64, which means that we are going to get to episode 69 this season, which I am a child and (laughs) makes me giggle. Um, and we are talking about The 100, Season 6, Episode 2. Um, it's great to have you guys here. Um, how about how about a quick little, like, one-sentence teaser of who you are, Shaheen? I'm Shaheen. I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm a doctoral candidate at the University of Pittsburgh. I study philosophy of physics. And um, a fun fact about me is that um, I guess I, I, I said last time I used to write um, detective novels. I also used to be a hardcore Muslim. Um, I'm not anymore. But you kept the beard. <laughs> yeah. My mom doesn't like it, though. <laughs> Your mom doesn't like the beard? No, because it means that you're hardcore and yeah. Well, I mean, maybe your face just gets cold. The East Coast gets cold. I mean, you should just tell her that this is like hipster. It's like a political. Very American. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just be like, Mom, I'm a hipster. God. Um, Bubs, who are you? What is your life? My name is Bubbles. I live in New York. Um, One time I did makeup at an Asher Roth music video. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Not what I expected. Are you drinking anything exciting tonight? I I actually feel like I picked this season. I might mix it up, but I've picked this season's drink of choice, which is Flying Dog's Snake Dog. Ooh. 
Um, because I love their beers. You would hate them. Is They're it a gross hoppy. fucking IPA? It is. Um, which I he, here's the thing. I feel like I have a much I have much better taste in beer than I do wine because I'm the most basic ass bitch when it comes to wine. Like I'll have a Riesling, a Sauvignon Blanc, and a Pinot Grigio. Nothing else. <laughs> Hold the ice cube. All right. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm a I'm a web developer uh, based out of Austin, Texas. Um, I, I my unique fact is that uh, I'm actually having an alcoholic beverage on this pod, which I don't often do. Um, and it is Austin East Ciders Rosé Dry Cider. And the fun fact about it is, uh, before we started recording, I spilled a lot of it on my desk. <laughs> Nobody's surprised. <laughs> it's real sticky over here. Um, all right, uh, let's let's get into the episode if you guys are ready. Chill. Yes. No. All right. Cool. Um, we are watching, or we are talking about episode six hundred two, Red Sun Rising, directed by Alex uh, Kalimnos. Um, Kalimnos. Uh, I am bad at pronouncing Greek names. Uh, written by Jeff uh, Vleming, who has done a lot of writing of stuff. Like, I want to say he's Battlestar Galactica alum, X Files, possibly Hannibal. Like, dude has pedigree. Oh, wow. um, oh he is X Files. I yeah. remember. Do, do we know which episode? I, I didn't. I did not get that far into his IMDb profile. I'm I was gonna like, look it up because I'm such an X Files fucking nerd. Holic. That's right. very interesting because I I had a note that I got a Battlestar Galactica vibe from this episode. So hmm. yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> um. All right. Episode deets. We're done with that. Uh, overall takes. Um. Shaheen, what do you think about this second entry into season six? So I continue to enjoy the return of that element of, you know, world building and discovery and exploration and new, just new freaky things happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the sort of uh, hostile environment idea. Uh, all of the callbacks to season one. Um, and I also appreciate the continuity with season five. You know, the fact that the characters... Um, are still remember angry. what happened and argue yeah they argue with each other about it um but with them being on another planet it kind of feels out of place a little bit is like what are you guys even arguing about like that that thing is on the other side of the galaxy and it was destroyed anyway um anyway and it was 200 years ago um so <laughs> but yeah um the style of the show is of course very different from all the previous previous seasons and I, i'm wondering i'm kind of waiting to see if we get the sort of moral dilemma formula that uh has always been um the formula for this show or not so far it hasn't been like episodes don't revolve around moral dilemmas i don't know how much i want to be too i want them i do want them to explore that but not in a way that's repetitive yeah you know that's, I think, uh, part of it is that it's, um, you kind of run out of dirty hand scenarios. <laughs> so, yeah. That's anyway, why um, that's The Good Place only did one episode of The Trolley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, kind of piggybacking off of that, like, we're getting these sort of two interesting sort of bits, um, but then... I think in an interview, Jason basically said, like, either these first two or possibly these first three episodes are ones that, like, 
the show is going to completely go into a different direction. And he's like, this is not the show, these there's first few episodes. So, like, I am kind of really curious about, what? like... Okay, so... Why did so, say that? Um, I can't remember. It, it was maybe a tweet or an interview. I just remember reading that, like, basically these two episodes, mm-hmm. the vibe that we're getting, that's not... That's not the whole show. That's not where we're going. And so that's making it really hard for us, you know, to speculate because it's like, mm. okay, well, I can, I, I have a couple of speculations now, like after having, you know, uh, read some other people's reviews and sort of noodled on it on my own. But um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, the hundred has, sorry. Uh-huh. I was just um, rambling. Were you finished? <laughs> I mean, the hundred has always been good at pivoting, you know, um, and just like, throwing it in your face and being like yeah that's what it is like remember when uh naya died naya like naya yeah the first oh, the three queen? episodes oh yeah nia 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 whatever it, we thought that she was gonna drive like the um uh, you know front half of the season um yeah yeah. And she died in episode three. And that was it. And we realized, oh, okay, that's not going to be the issue. Such an interesting um, use of Brenda Song. Brenda, no, Brenda Song is the Disney star. Brenda Strong? Brenda Strong. Well, they like promoted her so much. They were like, Brenda Strong is in this season. And then you're like, cool, Brenda Strong. And now she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe they'll pull something like that. Yeah. Well, I I heard that the um the psychosis eclipse thing is not coming back this season. Yeah, so which, like uh, Oh wow. Uh, I Really? Yeah. And huh. I, I I feel like when you say that quote, I I hadn't heard that quote except maybe I've like read people t- maybe you guys were talking about that in the in the Slack. But um I, it makes it sound like, you know, the way that he's, um, he's, I I think embarrassed is too hard of a word, but like the way that he refers to like the beginning of season one is kind of how he's referring to the beginning of this season. Um, (laughs) in terms of like the rest is different. (laughs) Um, so Uh that's interesting. Um, but I just, I think it's so weird that we have this big, crazy event and yeah. it's not going to factor into the rest of the season. And we spent two episodes trying to establish it and see it, you know, played out. Yeah. They, they, they did the whole show not tell thing, and it took. And now it's not going to be. A thing. This is like the anti chick of Scun. This is it. Well, <laughs> this is like one hundred percent, one hundred eighty degrees the other side of Chekhov's gun. I mean, it falls into the trend of them. Uh, doing something to pass the time until we get to the other stuff which i don't like uh-huh. right like that's the end when, of Chekhov's when gun? did they when did they do that well if you think about like the worms um when you think uh-huh. about um most of most of the middle of season five and the middle of season four although i wasn't that bothered by it in season four because it made sense for them to have false starts because they're trying to find, like, the whole point was to try to find solutions. So obviously some solutions weren't going to pin out. But in the middle of season mm-hmm. five, we had, um, it just, once everything fell into place at the end, it was just too clear that they, manu- and of course, every story is manufactured. Like, they are making up the story. So everything is manufactured. But, like, it was too 
apparent that they were doing that in season five to get to that ending. So like reverse right. engineering everything based on where they wanted to end up. And so right. now that I, I know that this isn't going to come back, <laughs> is this, was this just a way to address certain things? Like, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like in season three also, you kind of had this feeling that some of it was just mm-hmm. um, spending time so that we can get to the alley part. Like, you know, they kind of dragged on the Pike stuff. Or to just put um, thing, put the people on the different sides also was just kind of a force. Yeah. Maybe it will still fit into a nice narrative that makes sense. <laughs> uh, what about what about you, Bob? What, what do you um, think? I I again I think we talked about this last time. I enjoyed the world building. Um, I like I I do like the mechanics of the eclipse. Um, my one concern was, and like we'll talk about this later, is do is it a consistent enough reaction? among the characters, you know, or because like it goes back to, is this like just to force them to doing what we want them to do? Or does it like psychologically make sense in terms of who these characters are and how they would react if like, if, if say like the, the thing fucks up with their, um, how would it like their serotonin, you know? So they're like hallucinating Uh things and it fucks up like their, um, their testosterone and levels we're not used to. So when they, they react more quickly to things um, and then their, their epinephrine also is affected. So that's up. So like they're, they're like in the perfect storm to react and feel things that they normally wouldn't feel. And then if like, that's the way you're, you're like forming it, then what, how would this person feel? How would that person feel? How would, you know, on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, does it make perfect sense? And I guess we'll discuss that and what we think. Yeah, I had a note about this too. Um, this kind of mirrored uh, Day Trip from season one. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even think about that. we can talk about it when we get to it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so maybe not talking about Day Trip quite yet, but we sort of, I feel like we should start the episode or start our review with uh, actually talking about... Um, the the beginning of the episode which we got like kind of a flashback which sort of provided provides a little bit of context um in terms of like you know obviously it was the first instance of uh the the eclipse fever the eclipse madness uh josephine um the precocious girl who is not at all Mm -hmm. like you know a mirror of clark in any way (laughs) not at all not at all um you know sassy sexually precocious or adventurous and uh, blonde and snappy um but her dad goes fucking crazy hits her in the head with a hammer but we don't see her die and it turns out that she was the one that actually wrote the creepy kids book um interesting yeah um so clearly how do we know know that uh because we actually see the book this was something that somebody else caught that i saw on the internet um that she is actually the one who wrote the book um (laughs) that you know p.s i have firsthand knowledge of this fucking crazy shit um so yeah, so we we got to see that, like, dad's there, dad goes crazy. It seems that maybe children aren't affected by the eclipse madness. That's kind of what I'm getting. Really? Um, which, well, I mean, we saw well, little kids no, at the they end. Take the, 
They take their kids away. That's yeah, the point. they were coming back from wherever was safe, but I guess, where because was that? Abby wasn't affected and all the rest of them weren't affected. So right, but I, I meant in the, in, in the somewhere uh, is safe. Yeah, there's a safe. But place. but I'm saying know. when we saw the eclipse madness, we only saw like the the kids seemed to be fine, and it was just Dad. But maybe Dad uses more oxygen, well, so he breathed in. A lot of the other adults seemed fine too. So I guess I yeah, think he was the first one affected. Are, yeah. Some people are affected more. That's what I got, but maybe you're right. I guess we don't know till later. We don't don't have enough information, and apparently we're not going to deal with the eclipse madness anyway anymore. So now we won't even understand how it works. (laughs) So whatever. Magic toxins from plants. (laughs) But I guess we can uh, talk about it a little bit more. Um, Did you guys have have thoughts on on this sort of flashback setup? Uh, Yeah. I thought that... I rewatched this episode several times, and each time I'd, like, notice something else. Obviously, that's how TV watching works. Um, But so one of the things that struck me this last time that I watched it was when Josephine is, like, hitting on the geneticist who I always forget his name. Josh something? I don't know. Wait, Um, the dad? No, the guy she's hitting on. Not her dad. The kid? The, The geneticist. The one she's out in, like, the field with. He's a geneticist? Yeah. Wait, oh, the older, you mean at the very beginning, not the, not the boy that she's like making out with. No, that's the the same. same? Oh, is it the same? Yeah. I do a bad job. (laughs) That's okay. Um, so she, she says something to him. She's like, we, um, are, we have two goals for our mission. One is to survive. The second is to, I think she says repopulate, but I'm like, you can't say repopulate on any alien planet that doesn't have like intelligent life that we know of. Um, so I was like, populate. Um, so I thought that that was like a really maybe slick, um, overall theme for this season, which I don't know how I feel about that based on what couples we have in play. Um, so I, I really don't, I really hope you don't get a Becco baby because I will quit the show so fast. But other than that, like, (laughs) how would that work? Like maybe is Raven pregnant and, like, um, you know, why else have that sex scene out of nowhere, in, like, right before he dies? Um, you'd think they'd think better of that. Um, and also just in terms of, like, the other thing he's um, – the other thing that was said – so she says we have to repopulate. Want to get started? Like, that's her pickup line, which – how many guys respond to, hey, let's make a baby? <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> um, Not I mean, a lot. They, I mean, I, I didn't get the impression that she was hitting on him. What? Um, she was. They were already a couple. She was just like flirting with her boyfriend. Mm, I didn't get the impression because um, her dad goes like, "Please leave the geneticist alone. I can't deal yeah, with the broken hearted like, geneticist." Go any... Like, don't right, don't like, hook up with him. Right. Like, don't go any further. Like, leave him alone. Yeah, so I don't sort think thing. whatever they have because I don't like think if it's... that was their first, if that was their first interaction, how would her dad even know? Because she's probably been flirting with him since they landed or wh- whatever. That's what I took. I don't know. Joe. But yeah, but um, how do you um, how do you know that this is going to be a the theme of the season? I oh, I'm not saying that it definitely is. I just thought it was like a weird thing to say to like start the story on their side. So it's kind of like, um, that's what we're here to do. There's embryos. So he, he interests like, no, that's what the embryos are for. 
So what does that mean? Why aren't they procreating? And does every adult get like assigned 12 babies? Do they have like a baby oven or are people carrying these babies? <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Um, like, I don't understand why there's embryos apart from just like fast tracking settlement in population maybe, growth. Um, maybe they have special embryos that um, grow into nightbloods. Well, but that's like, you'd think like a nightblood with a nightblood would have a nightblood. <laughs> Although then I guess like the if they're the not if they're engineered second not if generation they get, like the bone marrow right what not if it's a bone marrow thing no like it is they got it is because if you think of like Becca injected a few people so then mm. their kids obviously passed on the night blood because they didn't have unlimited vials forever you know uh-huh. I just I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't, I think that the embryos are definitely important to the story moving forward. This, this goes into, for me, I'm pretty sure there's going to be like some sort of like a clone thing. Yeah. Do we talk about that now or do we talk about that in our theories? No, we'll talk about that in our theories, but but make a note, everyone. Clones. 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 Is that a Clark clone? (laughs) Um, is there anything else that we want to talk about with, uh, sort of the flashback? Apart from dad goes crazy and kills a bunch of people. Um, oh, I like the little detail of, um, oh, I have two things. So I like that the okay. dad, I guessed, I guessed, I guess, um, designed that um, settlement that we see, like the sushi slices. Yeah. like Because uh-huh. you have like the whole plan there, which is very cool. I paused several times and I was annoyed that the bottom of my screen like covered part of it on the pause. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was cool. What'd you guys think about that? You saw that, right? Yeah, no, it was, like, it's weird and geometric, which, like, that's a lot of work to do, and so I'm sure it means something. Yeah, so there's 12 overlapping circles. Shocking that we are back to 12. 12, right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And then there's two inner circles, so one bigger one and then one inside of it centered. Um, And so, of course, like, the the 12 that go around are kind of overlapping, like an eclipse? Like, is this, like, the sun cycle? I don't know. And then the Two inner circles, if you look at them on the map, they actually look like they have little sunbeams pointing out of them. So like the added, you know, imagery of sun. Um, And then there's like six identical neighborhood clusters. And then in the very middle, there's like three little, it like culminates in three little points. Like, is this like a three leadership triumvirate? Triumvirate? Well, that would actually make sense because in some of the previews we saw... um, What's his name? Uh, like there was that dude, and like there was there was mm. the dude, and then two ladies maybe up by the mm. railings. You know, what stills that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I meant to look at those, but so there's yeah. So maybe maybe that is like maybe they each have jurisdiction over two, and then they vote on things for everybody. Sometimes maybe I don't know. maybe remember. Um, but like I don't know. I with the two sons and also like the second dawn thing, like. Did they are always know they were going to this place with two sons? Like, was this always, does this go back to the cult? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I sort of hope so because, like, the show goes too fast sometimes. And it's unfortunate because there's so many things you're like, oh, I wish we would have, like, seen more of this. Like, Shaheen, obviously, like, the alley stuff. Like, it would have been cool to, like, have more of that. So, like, I don't know. Are we done with Cadigan? Like, is that all, like... 
all the things that set up the grounder tribe somehow because we never actually right. explored it enough <laughs> to like get to an explanation. I kind of have this um, hopeless hope <laughs> that, <laughs> that um, we'll get some grand um, explanation that, you know, uh, links um, Becca and uh, Cadigan and Allie and all of that and the Elegius and all of that together. But I actually, I don't think it's going to Well, Becca and Elegius is definitely linked. We do get that in this episode because the, the flag... With the um, the infinity, infinity sign, sign is there. Yeah. Um, but I don't that was know there beyond last that. episode actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because they said that um, they gave a little explanation like Becca was involved in something. She um, made the night blood. And it's interesting yeah. that then they There's check for the night blood to see. Yes. So which makes okay so. Are we going there now? You know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. We're just going to talk about these <laughs> theories right now. Okay. So, like, based on, like, I, I creeped around and saw some of Selena's stuff on on Twitter, um, and and it got me, you know, she, she was like, well, what if, you know, they had flame technology that, like, basically lets you pass down consciousness um, like, like the chip did? Um, and so, basically, like, they're just, like, continuing clones? Does that make yeah. sense? Um, yeah. In which case, like, I was like, okay, so I guess we're doing altered carbon this season. Um, yes, I think we are. <laughs> which, like, because that, because, you know, it's all this stuff about, like, you know, like, killing your demons and stuff like that. And it's maybe, like, the only way that you can be implanted with this chip is to, like, you know, ascend oh. to some higher higher mental plane or whatever. Part of accepting it and having to relive all of your memories. Exactly. As it like it's copy. Oh my God, that's totally what's going to happen. You're so smart. Done, done, done. I mean. So, yeah, because. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Um, I was going to say that I was just thinking that 200 years is way too long for um everything to have had so much continuity. Like. What? How much of what we have today was designed two hundred years ago? You know, like none of our cities look like what they look like one hundred years ago, two hundred years ago. You know, so but but then if this if this theory is true, then that makes sense because it's the same people. Like so, presumably we're gonna see the same people now. Yeah, because it is were, it is kind of weird. Like I'm expecting as to the see flashback. It, yeah, I'm expecting to see Josephine again. You know what I mean? Like, and just be like, yeah. hey, you should have died, except turns out that they are clones. Like, maybe maybe it's that, you know, these people were selected because their genetics matched a very specific thing. So, like, that's it. We just, you know, we can't afford to fuck with that gene pool. We're just going to, mm-hmm. you know, con- you know, start them all over again. Um, are they which just- it was... Like, that could be... That could be some pretty cool sci-fi shit, I gotta say. Like, I'm not... I don't hate that. Um, but at the same time, then like kind of where does that leave us? Where, you know, what's the quote unquote big bad? I still think that the fact that we're on a moon uh, matters, you know, like do we get, to, you know, like the kids asking, like, are you here to take us home? Um, which makes me think that maybe like maybe the kids get sent to like grow up on this on this thing. And like if they survive and are good little boys and girls, then they get to take the, you know, the the chip that lets them ha- have all their old memories back. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I d- thought that she was talking about Earth. I thought that they also an option. We don't know. Yeah. We don't they always know. thought that like um, Sanctum is a is temporary or something. Yeah. Um, 
But then, uh, so I was wondering if it's a clone thing and they transfer consciousness, then what's what's with the kids? Well, but that's like, so I... Well, I mean, you have to grow a clone. Like, they don't just come out fully formed. Or they're just not clones. And I feel like that's like where I can see the divide happening in society is that... Um, Some the people, people want to with bone my blood, to reproduce? Well, no, it's it's more that some people want to live forever, but in order to live forever, and this is kind of like, um, Patty, our listener brought up that like, um, what that like, um, philosophical question about like, if you create these clones, but you like alter their brains to be like, um, robots that do specific tasks, like, is that wrong? Like, and obviously, like, yes, that was very wrong. But like, so it's kind of a similar situation where you have, um, you're having kids, you're treating them well while they're kids, but when they get to a certain age, they're going to get implanted with someone else's memory. And like, right. they might not be clones. They might just be mm, like vessels. E- yeah. Vessels. And like, I it mean, might just be like a compatible clones. vessel. Yeah, even, even if they're, they're clones, clones they, yeah. they're they're diff- it's a different person now. It's a different consciousness yeah, but, that but you're you, destroying. If they conquer the telomere issue with cloning humans, <laughs> then sure. Also, like with with a pinch of schmeyance, Shaheen, with just just uh-huh. a just a nice tablespoon of of schmeyance, um, in there. Um, what about it? Oh, just that, like, yeah, they are different, but kind of not really. And no, they would have different memories, but maybe you then get your memories overwritten and you take, like, your former self's chip. Does that make sense? <laughs> and so, like, like you get, when like, you're, your, you know, your old hard drive back. And you from- go home. Yeah, you put your old hard drive <laughs> back in. You and boot it up. Home. Well, you destroyed like, one consciousness and replaced yes. it with the other. This yeah, is but, like um, Stephanie Myers, the host. If anyone has read that book, I have not read anything beyond <laughs> Stephanie Myers' original canon, uh, Twilight. Which that was enough Stephanie Myers for <laughs> me. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Now, do we have anything left on on flashback crew? So I'm wondering. Um, uh, okay, mm, just kidding. <laughs> this may. I don't know if this is the best place, but like. With the flashback and the whole, you know, um, eclipse psychosis thing, now that we know it's not going to come back, um, there must have been a purpose for writing these scenes and for showing us so much of these, uh, right? so much, de- so much detail of both um, our characters in our time being going uh, going through the psychosis and also the flashback was pretty detailed and i felt like we were introduced to all these characters and you know like you said i feel like we're gonna see them again because like otherwise we spent too much time on them uh or that's what i'm saying they're they're still gonna be alive yeah somehow the uh, so what is the relevance and and in particular what is so this is not about the flashback anymore but maybe this is a good segue um the people on the moon, our people, Bellamy and Clark and whatever, um, then there there must there must be a purpose to that whole sequence. Um, was it to get to know the characters better, um, get know know their inner demons, or um, yeah, something, right? Well, I mean, we can explore what each of them went through and see if we can parse what the eclipse actually does to people starting with um i mean we don't know him very well but i think his was the most 
cut and dry. Um, what was his first name? I mean, I'm just gonna call him Daddy Lightborn. <laughs> I don't remember his name. I think that's fair. I think that's um, a good name. <laughs> but so he, so when it affects him, he says, "Sanctum is mine. Yeah, you won't take it. It's mine." And then he shoots everybody in his vantage um, from his vantage point. But also, don't forget the axe. And yes, he does. He axes his own daughter um, and wife. And wife. Um, and so I guess so. The theory is that it's their fears. It brings out their fears. Um, so if if he's acting this way, his fear is that he's going to lose Sanctum. Or maybe it's just about like what is most important to him, in which case it's Sanctum is apparently more important than his wife and daughter. <laughs> Um, if we assume that it's about what their worst flaw is, what their um, the the thing that always gets them to to make the wrong ooh, decision, and their greatest flaw, oh, I like that. Yeah. Continue. So, like for him, would have it would have been his possessiveness, and we saw his possessiveness with respect to his daughter before he got well, crazy. I don't know, possessive. I feel like it's um ambition. The ambition yeah, focus like, for um, the mission. No, but he was controlling too. Like, yeah, but that's we, like every dad. No, but Literally we got that moment of dad. him like telling her not to t- fuck with her hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he wasn't even facing her. And like he was kind of a dick then too. And I was like, what the fuck is, what is your problem, asshole? But, okay, like, clearly, you guys have different parents. <laughs> clearly he was at the beginning Sit of... Sit up straight. <laughs> Take no, your elbows off the table. That was not my, that was not my childhood. That was definitely my childhood times 3000 <laughs> um but yeah so uh, um, i don't yeah, know so, I let, think... so let's go through the other characters and and see yeah what theory holds up okay, okay. amori was the first one affected in our group and so she kind of i, I would she say in some ways she was pushing john away or john murphy away like i think that she was probably afraid of being alone and like and or maybe just some residual, like, you're on my goddamn nerves. Um, well, it started like he was he was definitely annoying her. But when he what she says is like, um, I won't let you kill me. So, OK, so Amori says, I won't let you kill me. And then when they pull her off, she goes on to say he'll do it to you, too. So she surface level is afraid that John is going to kill her but I guess we can assume it's more I mean either she's speaking to his cockroach self which we see her actually say in the last episode she calls him a cockroach um she says like I didn't know cockroaches swam Uh so she sees him as like a survivalist who will always choose himself and like even when in 410 whenever it was 408 409 um, 408. Um, sh- when Clark is about to test on Amori, um, Murphy's upset, but he never offers himself up instead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe so, Amori's fear or worst flaw it. or whatever is betrayal because she's always been betrayed in yes, her life. Maybe? Yeah. And so she, deep down, she's she thinks that Murphy's going to betray her. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. Um, so her, her worst aspect is being a, a sneaky bitch. <laughs> so she's worried that the person she loves most or having will trust be a sneaky issues. bitch to her. 
She has yeah. trust issues. Yeah. Which okay. seems, which tracks. Okay. That tracks. Yeah. Cool. Worst I'm, quality trust issues. I'm not entirely convinced that Murphy was affected. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. Was, it wasn't was or clear. wasn't? Yeah, like, I wasn't, like, apart from the fact that he took a gun and went to, like, the clock tower or whatever and, like, tried to shoot Clark and Bellamy, apart from that one moment, I was never convinced. Um, yeah, he seemed to be in his sound mind. He, yeah. He seemed lucid. More lucid than Clark and Wait, Be- Bellamy. what are we arguing? Else. Whether Murphy that was at all affected by Was the- affected or oh, immune. Okay. Like, yeah. I got the sense that he was immune. Yeah, well, um, obviously, he wasn't. He wasn't. Even if he was affected, he wasn't affected enough. The same to way to react like, to it that like Jackson and and Miller and Echo and Amori and Bellamy, like those were the ones. Yeah. Like Clark kind of had it together. Clark's went internally. Like Clark's worst fears well, fully tracked. And that's what I had. Like for, I had for in terms of the characters, maybe inward versus outward. What, what up, Shaheen? About Murphy. I was thinking maybe that makes sense because if this brings out the most repressed aspect of your mind, the thing that you're most afraid of or the thing that's your worst enemy uh, inside you, um, then maybe it's because Murphy doesn't have anything repressed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like everything's on the surface, so occasionally he just got a little bit sandy and was like, yeah, I'm going to shoot some people. He doesn't have any layers, so it's just like, you know... Is himself there's again. nothing to dig. <laughs> I think he's just a sociopath. So there's nothing. That's changes. why it doesn't affect him. There's no conscious to like <laughs> to mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're terrible people, but yeah. yeah. I see. I love the theory that Murphy is a sociopath. I've held on to this for so long, but my issue is that season five totally muddied it. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have like Murphy staying behind for people, which is not what Murphy has ever done and it's definitely not what he did in space. No, but I mean so, if we're gonna bitch about people being out of character uh, on well, season that's like five, my, then that would be an out of character thing for Murphy. Exactly. But like that that's what I, I hate when there's like not like I really want them to keep these characters tight and to really think about who they are in terms of like the longevity of the character and not just like making a change. I mean like yeah well they're this now. Like I so I'm just gonna stop bitching about that and <laughs> pretend that Murphy is the person he seemed to be since before season five, which is a sociopath, even like, and I think that sociopath is like there's a spectrum. Yeah. So I'm not saying that like he's completely like yeah. yeah, he's not completely it's... uncaring about other people. If he can care, if there's room in his survival to care about other people, he's gonna do it. Yeah. So that's what we see now. But that list is super short. It's well, yeah, it's super short. And like a lot of the times when we see Murphy um, being quote unquote caring you really have to ask yourself, is he being caring or is this what's best for him in the scheme of the situation? Right, which is often the case. Yeah, yeah I mean, now. if you think about the um, r- rational egoism, <laughs> right? Um, objectivism? That's one example of, yeah, that's uh, objectivists believe in this sort of rational selfishness, which is the idea that, look, if you really want the best thing for yourself, it's not going around and murdering and raping people. If you really want the best thing for yourself is to cultivate relationships and be nice to people and um, you have, you know, and they better be real relationships too. If you're just manipulating them, that's also not in the long run good for you. 
Um, so they they believe that in fact, if you do the actually the thing that's actually selfish, rationally speaking, um, you would end up being a good person. <laughs> um, not that Murphy is a good person, but you can see how you know the idea that like yeah he you can always ask like is he being selfish or is he really caring? Maybe there's not that much of a distinction because he figures well. For me to have a life that's worth living, I need to like have some people on my side and I need to have some people care about me. And so I care about them. Yeah, I mean, life is worth living, but also just like on a survivability standpoint, Uh um, this goes into like evolutionary psychology and why humans are social creatures. Yeah. Um, Because it it boosts survivability. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so tbd on murphy yeah <laughs> put a little asterisk there because we're like is he a sociopath is he not um how about miller and jackson that was interesting yeah so like it links I feel lines like, is that a thing i think it's like having the same hallucination yeah it's is it I, like their minds are linked? i don't know if it's that or it was sort of the power of suggestion of the fact that they had the bugs there so obviously both of them are then fixated on the bugs you know what i mean uh-huh. You know, Miller f- talking about feeling bugs crawling inside of him. Uh, you know, if if we tie that back to his regrets um, about serving serving Octavia and like you know being a Blood Reina soldier, um, you know, he talks about sort of he did things, and so like if you do things, like that was something that was like it, it came from within. Does that make sense? Yeah. The call is coming from inside the house. Exactly. The call is coming from inside the house. I appreciate that note. Um, But, you know, like, he did these things. He is full of the evil. Yeah. And And Jackson is worried he's full of the evil. Exactly. And Jackson is worried about it and wants to cut it out. And maybe Jackson, maybe Jackson's worst flaw is gullibility because he he believes in. (laughs) I mean, also. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Like he Jackson is trusting. But that said, like so one thing that I found kind of interesting and you know how like whenever you watch like a movie where they like they break into someone's house to like kidnap or kill them or whatever and they're like, "Whoa, the table's still set. Like they're, you know, the food is still warm, whatever." Mm-hmm. Like when Murphy had already st- stolen the scalpel and then Jackson goes and, like, grabs a knife that was left out on a cutting board with, like, some fucking strawberries or whatever. I was like, did you guys not, like, like obviously, like, you know, fuck, the eclipse is happening. Let's hustle everyone out. But at the same time, like, you've been here for 200-something years. Have you not figured out, like, a way to, like, know when the eclipse is going to happen so that you don't have to, like, rush out without, like, you know, with, like, leaving your, like, dishes dirty? <laughs> I thought those, no, wait, I thought those were their knives. That they brought. They're no, eating. I think that was like that was like that looked like a kitchen knife to me. Uh, like and it was like on a cutting board. Like they like knives. straight up abandoned like snack hour. Well, but they left. It could be that our crew took it from the kitchen and they were eating they're eating fruits or whatever, whatever that was. I mean, maybe. With, that was a cut scene. But either way, gross <laughs> dirty knife. Which, yeah. you know, fits right in if you were if you were Dr. Abby's protege. Um, not sterilizing any of your equipment or washing your hands is top of the list. Mm, it's pretty true. Yeah. Um Okay, so Echo? Clark Wait, what, Echo? Oh, who's the, oh, who's the next character? <laughs> uh, uh I guess Echo. Yeah, Echo's in the list. Um 
So one thing that I actually wanted to call out about that one is so, you know, like she's having her own little like tweak out moment or whatever. Did you guys hear, and I have yes. a note about this, bring her, bring me her head in yeah. Echo's hallucination. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to find out that she's the one who killed Costia. Of course. It's definitely going to happen. And which, that's like, going to be her sob story. Which like. Because. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Who's Costia? Lex's, Lex's ex who uh, oh, Asgata cut off her head and, you know, uh, godfathered it into her bed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was that yeah. No, that wasn't 90s. I didn't, I didn't really spend a good time thinking about a 90s movie <laughs> reference. Maybe one will come up organically. I, I will speak, like, to speak as a petty belarker for a second. <laughs> um, a second. Because, of course, they're going to give Echo a backstory and it's going to be about Lexa. <laughs> Not that I'm upset about it. Like, I like I knew that there's going to be a backstory. Why not t- tie it to, like, the mythology that we have? But in general, I feel like the sentiment is going to be... And this goes back to me talking about how the show, if they really want... If they really care about the audience, like, at large, <laughs> and they want to get the audience on board with Echo, I they cannot make worse decisions about it. Um, in terms of, like, this will be... I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting how it plays out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I feel like they've done... I think that if if we're going to find out that that's what happened and that Echo is somehow tied with Lexa, then I think that it makes more sense that they are... That as much as you found it forced in the first episode, um, that we would see sort of them trying to put Clark and Echo on like Ugh. a slightly friendlier sort of uh, playing field. Um, so that, you know, so that finding out that Echo was the one that, you know, killed Lex's love or whatever and I mean, cut off her head is is more impactful. But at the same time, I'm like, Clark didn't know Costia. Well, no, yeah, no, that's like, the thing is, like, someone was saying, oh, what, what did I read? Someone's like, well, how is the Klexa audience going to take that? I'm like, uh, she cleared the way for Klexa. They're going <laughs> to love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Echo. I was like, I was like well, what was what's the problem with it? <laughs> I mean, listen, you clean out the head in your bed and suddenly there's room for another person. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, that's, that's how we Also, not to be whatever. And this, mm-hmm. this is just my own little, like, what kind of shitty palace guards existed that nobody, like, caught someone sneaking through with a bloody severed head, like, into the commander's bedchamber and were like, so... <laughs> You, you're refreshing the sheets. What are you doing there? What what you got in there? What's what's dripping on on the floor? What like it's the plot guard. Mm. It, it's the plot guard, Joe. I also see. also the fact that Echo doesn't have um, the Asgeta warrior scars on her face because it's about being a spy and not because she's like man candy to the audience because she's a character written for men by men <laughs> um, I mean I like to think that she has maybe written a little bit for me too like you don't you don't have to you know gender yes, it thirst, like you can, Joe, just, you can just say she is a thirst character I think that we can be she equal is opportunity a character written by men <laughs> for thirst <laughs> is that better <laughs> God damn it. All right, let's move on to Clark, unless anyone else has anything about so Echo. So what was, what was Echo's... Well, oh, point? I do have something. Okay. Or does she... Sorry, she uh, what was Echo's effect? I think she, she just feels real bad about killing a lot of people. So this was like, so I cut down the characters um, in terms of who had effects inward and who had effects outward. Mm. So like outward, for example, is like Daddy Lightborn. 
um, Jackson, or not, no, yeah, Jackson, um, Bellamy, and everyone who had inward um, effects were Miller, Echo, Clark. Mm-hmm. So Echo, um, she was getting flashes to her past and um, everything that she was forced to do. So this is the first time we actually see her showing remorse, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and my beef, the one thing I wanted to bring up, because like I got into it like on Reddit and and Sachin, the actor who plays Jackson, um, is because it, someone stated like, oh, Echo was so smart that she did that and she did it to save everybody. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, I think that it was good for her. Like, I think it was it was admirable that she kept her head and did what was planned. Like, that wasn't her idea. Like, everyone was separated with, um, they say it, everyone was separated with um, the Trink um, shots to do that if they had to do that. So she did what the plan was. Um, but she didn't do that to protect people. Like, Things got crazy, and she was being faced with all these, like, terrible things. So, like, you know, thank you, Bonsai. She did what she, you know, she had that option, she took it. Um, so, I don't know, people who are arguing that she saved everybody by taking her, I'm like, okay, people, she was handcuffed to the wall. Like, calm down. <laughs> um, anyways, that was, that's just what I wanted to add. We can move on. Did you, did you have anything, Shaheen, about Echo? I actually miss that uh, the stuff that you guys are saying about uh, remorse. I I didn't realize she was just it was very short, she, well, right? She was hearing things from her past, like Joe was saying about like bring me her head, don't cry, um, follow orders without um, without question. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, this is such a convenient way to be like she's forgiven of everything. We're covering all the things that everyone has ever ever argued <laughs> by bringing it up in this flashback. <laughs> So, yeah. sigh. People read too much of the audience's comments and then they just like renege everything by like, huh, you guys thought this? We're going to write it so that you can't say that. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I okay. mean, whatever. Like, I know that whatever. we're supposed to get like a real Echo flashback episode. And I think yeah. that that'll be part of, you know, we got Clark in, we have a shot of her like in Mount Weather. We got uh, Octavia like fighting someone in a cave. Um, so, you know, I think, I think, I think it's not th- going to be just an echo episode. I think no. it's, everyone's going to have to fight their demons. Have to kill their demons so that they can be clones. <laughs> I think clones. you're right. <laughs> Everyone gets chipped clones. I'm like, oh I wish goodness. you could see me. Like, I have my fists in the air, like, waving them. Um, like, I'm holding two shake weights. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I assume that's always happening. What, clones? Or shake no, weights? Shake weights. You, you're shaking your hands. <laughs> you're shaking I mean, your fists. Just invisible hand jobs. <laughs> invisible hand jobs. Yeah. Handies. <laughs> All right. We're terrible people. Um, no, you're terrible people. Uh, do you want to do Bellamy Clark. or Clark next? Clark. Uh, I feel like Bellamy I have more questions about. So we can do Bellamy first. But like I maybe you guys can make more sense of it because I feel like I'm too close. Okay. To Bellamy's response. Yeah. I'm. I feel like a lot of his was having to do with... I think one of his demons is maybe him sort of having separation from Clark. Like, A, feeling like he needs to take care of everyone, but B, feeling like he... Like, having doubts of himself as a leader without her. Yeah. I mean, he definitely, like, 
he definitely admits in it that like he did need her before. He's he's like, if you didn't notice, I don't need you anymore. Um, right, like so petulant. Yeah, it's season five, follow me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so his thing. And, yeah. Sorry. No, no, go. Uh, I was just saying his thing seemed to be. Uh, it's kind of like Daddy Light Lightburn. What's his name? <laughs> um, Daddy Lightborn. Lightborn. Afraid of losing something. Which reminds me of Daddy Longlegs, and every time you say it, I just get upset. <laughs> Daddy Longlegs. I, I fucking hate spiders. <laughs> Um, yeah, what no. Sound like, do their legs make? <laughs> what? That's what? That's the sound their legs make. Daddy you're moving them legs? really fast in front of your face. Oh God! Oh, you know what? You're off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you are off the podcast. I'm a junior host now. I have rights, <laughs> like a half human. <laughs> yeah. So his was his thing was just you know Bellamy is protective and he wants to be the one who saves everyone. And he can go to um, excess to do that. Um, hmm. So now his fear is actually not saving everybody and hurting them. But also, I do think there's like an element of Clark. Bonsai, I gave you all the treats. <laughs> um, but there's also like this element of like, and I couldn't really, I wrote down a few thoughts um, in, in our run sheet where I was just like, because um, he says, like I said, in case you didn't notice, I don't need you anymore. He also says, how many times have you tried to kill me now? Um, this time you die, not me. <laughs> Even though, A, Clark was the one that quote-unquote died, not him. But, like, then you can factor in, like, the the fighting pit. that he. But, like, she didn't put him in the fighting pit. She just left Polis. And right, he's still like, there. that's, you know. And I still think that, like, she, she assumed that Octavia wouldn't. Like, I always assumed that she thought Octavia wouldn't go there. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I hated 512 so fucking much. Because in that episode, apparently Clark thought he was dead. And was, like, shocked he was still alive. And I was like, well, I'm shocked that we went here as a show. Um, I mean, so, yeah, I feel like for Clark's motivation going back like yeah I never thought that she thought that Octavia originally wouldn't have killed him apparently she but like apparently she did because 512 and I will forever forever I will like I'm ready for the show to win me back over but I will forever hate 512 for making me think so much less of the show as a whole and like crushing so many long standing threads and like I will not go into it further because I'll just cry. But um, that was one of the biggest issues. And so maybe maybe that's what he means here. This time you die, not me. But, like, you know, she already paid her penance. She made sure you made it to space. Like, that's why we're still here. Um, <laughs> that's why the show so, is still happening. Exactly. And how many times have you tried to kill me? Um, Zero, unless I did the math wrong. Like, I couldn't think of a single time apart from her leaving, not, like, killing him. Like, just taking Maddie who was probably going to get gunned, or not gunned down, speared down. I don't know what Wonker does. Um, <laughs> because she had the chip. You know, she takes her leaves, which makes sense. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, I guess then she, like, formed, um, she formed ties with the other people. But is did she leave before or after um, Octavia burned the farm? After? After, because after, Bellamy was in the pit, right? Yeah. So she didn't know that they had no other options, um, which is never talked about, I don't think. Um, 
so yeah i guess like i'm still talking about this because like yeah the hardest one i had <laughs> and another thing of, and another <laughs> thing so many things all the things it's only um, been it's only been a year but we're still pups out about it <laughs> gonna be pups that forever um but no so the yeah the bellamy one is the one i had the hardest time making sense of um because i think like maybe maybe shaheen is right like he he's he feels so much weight of like having to protect everyone. So his fear is not protecting everyone. So that's what he does is to attack everybody. Um, I mean, it depends again on whether you think it's fears or uh, weakness. Wait, weaknesses. Weaknesses. But or what's his flaws. weakness? Um, weakness is not being able to protect everybody. Th- no, I think like his, his Bellamy's weakness is um, his excessively obsessed with this idea of protecting people and he goes to mm. he does stupid things to achieve that you know starting from throwing the radio away all the way to but not you know, anymore like in, in so so like that's the reason why i say not anymore is because um i meant to write this down i didn't but so bellamy any other season i would expect that should he have this reaction he it would be an he would have an inward reaction mm-hmm. like clark a very similar inward reaction to Clark. He would think about the radio and um, the culling. He I don't know. I about, feel like Bellamy's an outworder. No, no, no. But like Bellamy has always had so much guilt inside. Like it's driven so many things that he's had to do. And he's always had this like inner hate. Like he thinks he's a monster, which is what he says in like um, in Day Trip. He's like, I'm a monster. My mom, um, my mom taught me better, but I'm a monster. And, um... And so, like, until he goes off into space and, like, God knows what happens on the ring that he, like, now he's apparently well-adjusted, quote-unquote, and that's why he's an outward person. Because apparently all the well-adjusted, quote-unquote, people emote outwardly, and all the not-well-adjusted ones emote inwardly. So I thought that that, I mean, that was a choice, and I don't know how I felt about it because I hated season five Bellamy so much, and the change was so upsetting and I really think if if we can if we skipped over season five, he would be an inward one who's thinking about every decision that has ever weighed him down because that was his whole season three. That was his whole season four was fighting back to like being someone who deserved to keep going and um, earned his place on the world after everything he'd done. So yeah, I, I mean, I that's why I struggled so much with this outward. Bellamy, who didn't really make sense to me. <laughs> um, and now I'm just rambling. I'll just stop now. <laughs> now I feel awkward. <laughs> I wanted to compare so, this Bellamy. to Day Trip, um, the reactions this time to, to Day Trip. So um, the one you just mentioned, Bellamy, in Day Trip, he was um, just feeling remorse, extreme guilt, right? Extreme guilt, yeah. Um, that wasn't true this time, right? No. Okay, so that and then Clark, what happened to Clark? She saw her dad. Um, was yes. she also feeling guilty? No, she was mad because of her mom. So her, I, her right. dad was talking her through forgiveness. Right. And um, this yeah. time it was Clark who was feeling guilty. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, do we know how <laughs> Murphy was affected? With the, That's uh, the thing. We, by the Joby nuts. Oh, oh, and day trip. Oh. Yeah. Did he take them or was he on his walkabout? He, I don't I think remember. He was, no, no, he wasn't there. He comes back um two episodes after that. Okay. Do we know? Do we know about Miller 
how he was affected? Uh, I don't think we even spent time with Miller at that point in the show. He was um, there, though, right? No, he was. He right, was, but, but I don't think affected. we... Did we see him, like... Did we hang out with him during that episode? So, he remember, he was watching Lincoln, and Octavia went up and was like, Hey, Miller, here's, <laughs> hey, here's your rashes. So, and this is after she saw how everyone was reacting to them. So, she basically, like, roofied him. <laughs> um... <laughs> And so he... So you um, obviously remember this way better than I do. Oh, season one is my jam. <laughs> so um, I fucking love it to death. I, that's like really the only season I ever rewatch. Um, and so he... So I'm trying to remember what Miller does exactly, but he leaves his post. And that's how... Um, when he, Or he passes out something. But that's how Octavia um, steals other kids' clothes, probably dead kids, and like gives it to Lincoln so that he can leave. Oh, doesn't Octavia knock him out? No. Unless unless stuff? the Joby Nuts knocked him out. Okay. We're we're gonna get so much angry feedback being like, you don't even watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> what are you even talking about? Dude, we remembered um, a bunch of stuff from season I'm one. I'm proud of us. I feel like we did a good job. Um can we move on to Clark? Is that Yeah. Is that a thing? Um so that was dark. Oh my god. Like <laughs> hearing the things from like I was starting to sweat like as if my mom was speaking to me and I'm like I am the toxic. <laughs> like I should oh my god kill myself. Like Jesus Christ. But at the same yeah. time like I feel like and here's I mean I have not had a an eclipse induced psychosis hallucination but like I've definitely like I've definitely hallucinated before. And I mean, maybe, maybe I never went like that far, but like there was definitely a moment of being like, no, that's not an evil, scary witch in the corner of the bathroom. Just finish <laughs> peeing and get back out to the party. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like where, like there was definitely a thing where I was like, I could feel my heart racing. Cause I'm like, there's something scary in the corner. Don't look, don't look, don't look. But like the, there's still like a part of your brain being like, it's not real. But then like, there's that, the lizard part of your brain is like, but what if it is? <laughs> but like, I feel like Clark didn't have the rational part still in her mind. And maybe that's because like, you well, know, ex you wouldn't think that the radio is the hallucination. Does that make sense? She did. Eventually, it kicked in. Eventually, right. she was like, it's not real. It's not real. Remember? But but she needed Murphy to, I think, intervene the first time. To be like, ugh, you? What are you doing? Like, don't make me shoot you in the leg. Like, come on. We have to go, like, fix Bellamy. Like, come on. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And then he left. Or, I don't know. But there's a part where she's alone again. And it came back again. And she's like, it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. But it was because someone gave her some contact that it wasn't real. And that's yeah. what she, like, went on. Uh, I think Murphy told her that the um, the radio was off. Yeah. The, not that it was broke. Because the radio was, like, not working or whatever. But... Murphy it's like actually turned off. Yeah, it was like, like well, yeah, nothing's coming through. Yeah. And so Um I mean, Clark's was definitely inward and oh, you have a note about suicide, Bubs. Oh, I do. I do. So I have to say there's some scenes that have made me really upset and I would say like I wasn't a big fan of how season 4 handled suicides. Especially, like, with Jasper, they just let him do it, basically. Like, and they made it, they kind of framed it like this noble personal choice that he got to have. 
Um, I don't have any problem with that. With that. I. What's wrong yeah, with that? But do you not have a loved one who has a mental illness, and you're constantly fighting with? Um, having them know that, like, the reality that they experience is not actually the reality out there. But I don't like this. I myself have mental illness, and, um, so if you count yourself as a loved one, um... (laughs) Yeah, but can you be trusted, Shaheen? Like, I don't know, like, I feel like you saying that you have it, I don't know if we can trust that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, um, I don't agree with this implication that, like, anyone who thinks of suicide is crazy and they're not seeing reality clearly um that's yeah, just not like there's true a difference there's a difference between suicidal thoughts which i think that a great many people have versus like actual like suicidal intention which is yeah different. choosing your death i mean in german they uh, call suicide free death um it's it's death is it like a fire sale <laughs> well it's that you chose it freely like instead of being um, you know, the a victim of um, the whims of fate. You know, you decided what what day and how you wanted to go. Um, and you know, we have this uh, like we often uh, feel like this is definitely okay with like elderly, terminally ill people who mm-hmm. don't have much left anyway, and they and they don't want to live the rest of it in pain. Um, and they they choose to um, they choose to die sure. active euthanasia, and sure. you know this has also been controversial and had to like become ma- be made legal and whatever. And like we make them write a written statement that, that to state that they want to die, and then uh, we make them wait. I think five weeks or something, five days, or they have to write the letter again, or like they have to say again that this they still agree mm-hmm. with the letter um mm-hmm. so that's to like deal with the possibility of like maybe they're just in a bad place and they got really emotional for a second or something and yeah which you would think from a 16 year old boy but that's not the case for jasper he, hard year he it is the case for jasper <laughs> he didn't do it in a moment of like desperation he did it very soberly he did it during the it's right before Prime Fire in a time crunch, and he did it after being depressed for months. That's not like he is a kid who is ha- having a severe depression. Never, ever would that be something that you could say that he chose himself because that is a state that he's in. If he were in that depression, like into his adulthood, and he never, like, nothing is working. Then I understand, sure. Like, yeah, medication isn't working, treatment isn't working. If he decides that this is like too much, he can't handle this, he should definitely have the choice to opt out. But right now we're talking about a kid who has had like a rough year and is a kid. Well, <laughs> and all so of I these... think it's ridiculous to think that that is a noble death and to frame it as such on a television show that children watch who are maybe also having a tough year and are thinking like, yeah jasper like had a tough year like it's my choice like i'm gonna take it into no like no 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 it gets better like most of the time it gets better and if we're talking about someone who's in adulthood who's been dealing with depression forever and like has not had but everyone's teenage years are shitty yeah (laughs) yeah everyone's teenage years are shitty mine were sorry what is bonsai's problem oh my god hold on let me i don't 
Bonsai, stop. Oh my god. I already gave him everything. But yeah, no, it gets better. <laughs> is what I was trying to say. Um, and so I do not like the framing of Jasper's suicide or Riley's or any of them. Um, I thought that that was thoughtless. And then the fact that they follow it up with Echo's cartoon suicide scene just made it seem like you guys just don't get it like you guys are using this as like a plot thing and it's just a joke i mean like, i feel like the show doesn't do certain kinds of nuance very well sure and and that led me to i was talking to somebody and i wrote down like all the the suicide moments that we've had on the show and it was i and i feel like i'm missing some but we've had charlotte um murphy at the beginning of season three Allie Raven, Allie Abbey, Titus, Octavian season four, Jasper season four, Riley season four, and everybody else. Echo season four, Clark season five beginning. Um, Octavia again sort of in this episode where she's trying to get people basically to beat her to death. Right. And then we have Clark again. Like, how many times are we going to revisit this theme? Like, I, I do we really need to? And, like, I know that this is a post-apocalyptic show, but I feel like that's why one of the mistakes is that we've put so little time to rebuilding. And there's so much conflict that can come from re rebuilding. And it doesn't have to be life or death all the time. It can still feel like very high stakes without having to be life or death all the time. And you don't have to re res resort to themes of suicide so often. Um, that it becomes meaningless and that you think that you can just use it in episode two willy-nilly um and and while like i didn't necessarily have a problem with it like i i thought that in the in the emotional field of everything that was going on um it was on the same level but like i just think that like there's more creativity that we can inject into this to have similar um stakes and not have to keep visiting this anyways those are my <laughs> 50 cents okay okay shaheen um uh, what shaheen what <laughs> <laughs> um i mean do you have any thoughts on 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 clark's uh like to to bring it back to to sort of yes we're talking about suicide in this case but but do you have any thoughts on on i guess clark in in this instance um yeah i I have a problem with this statement that when Clark is in charge, people die or that people yeah. around her die. Because we also don't because know if, people, if more people would have died without her. Exactly. Like, yeah. we don't have a baseline, right? So who is being keep keeping count of how many people die when whoever is in charge? Like, I need a table of, <laughs> like, everyone who's been in charge and how many people died under them. And, like, do we wait the people who are, like, if you're really old and, and, and Clark gets you killed, does that, is that fewer points than if somebody young <laughs> gets killed? Yeah. <laughs> like, or, you know, based on importance, you know, do like. they deserve it? Exactly. Like, I feel like, you know, we need to be, um, who's, who's the one at the pearly gates? I'm, I'm a Jew. Uh, I think it's... Is it Peter? Is it Peter at the Pearly Gates? Whoever, whoever like, reads you your sins of how many, like, years you spent masturbating. I don't, I don't and... remember that in catechism class. <laughs> um, but you I thought it was just God. <laughs> I feel like God would be too busy to, like, meet every single dead person. It's probably, like, Cupid's cousin. I don't know. <laughs> Um, sorry, Shaheen. Sorry, yeah. that's it. There's just, there's no baseline, like, to compare. I, I, you know, I, um... 
I work with data and I, I, I'm very sensitive to like when someone says like 50% of this group of people do this and everyone's like, oh my God, that's a lot. I'm like, I don't know if that's a lot. That's a little because I don't know what other groups of people like I need a baseline or a contrast Context. contrast yeah. class to see if if in all subgroups of people, 50% do that, then that's not at all no, a noteworthy fact. So Yes, people die when Clark is in charge, but people are dying all the time in this in this mm, world. And maybe more more people would be dying. Yeah. You Though can, admittedly, yeah. Clark has a fairly impressive body count. Like, well, because of the position she's been in, compare if everybody had been in the same position and everyone's choice. Like, we don't know what their choices would have been because they weren't in the same position. It's like saying that, like, oh my God, Michael Jordan scored this many baskets, and this guy only scored this many baskets, but he only played one game. And mm. you're trying to compare that. Like, of course you can't compare that. Like, that's not even. That's yeah. just stupid. <laughs> um, I, I I just have one note that you have put in Comic Sans to fuck with me um, before before we maybe move on into into Space Crew. Um, I'm glad you knew that that was just for you. No, I I knew it. I saw it and I felt it in my bones. Um, quote unquote in all caps and Comic Sans orgy pile without the orgy. Um, can you can you talk to us about that? <laughs> uh, this is announcement that this is the closest that we're ever going to get to Balark sex. <laughs> um, so the scene, so the scene at the end where Clark um, fires like the sleep juice uh, that knocks them all out. <laughs> they they fall and like of course to Balarkers like the the key moment is <laughs> like bonsai. <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> um, they, bonsai they, is a Klexo. Oh my god, bonsai is a Becco. <laughs> Bonsai is totally a Becco uh, shipper. Don't and- make me. <laughs> I'm going to send him out into the wilderness of you New York City. You had this dog for He's a million gonna years. He's going to have to live in a bodega as a cat. <laughs> I'm sorry. This dog does not ship the same things that I ship. He is your dog now. <laughs> um, uh, but no. So they when they fall, like um, Bellamy's leg is like over Clark's ass. Like his foot is like on her head, and they show it from afar. Um, I did. Do you I, not? I did not see all of that. I, I I just saw like, oh, everyone's passing out. You're like, but where where are they touching? <laughs> no, it was so clear. Um, I'm trying to find. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna find it. Um, but so, well, no, I'll find it later, and then I'll show you. But um, and then, but the thing is, when you have so the the far shot that's like the big shot, um, you see like Bellamy and Clark's legs like intertwined, um, and then Murphy. <laughs> Bonsai. Shh. Murphy, when they actually fall, there's like another camera angle, and you see his hand is like right against Clark's ass. Like awkwardly, awkwardly against Clark's ass. And I was like, oh, oh that's interesting. You don't see that in the long shot because it's not against her ass in the long shot. But like, I always wondered if that was, oh my God. Shh. I always wondered if that was like, Mur- like, um, what's his name? Richard Harmon doing that on purpose for like one take and they kept it. Yeah, probably. I, that, that, probably. That, that, that tracks. That tracks. Um, Okay, so got it. Orgy, check. Um, Do we have anything um, that we want to say more about about Moon Crew before we before we go back to space? Um, I have stuff, but maybe I'll save to the end because it's more like other stuff. Okay, Shaheen. Oh, the kids. Did we talk about the kids? Oh, well, the kids are at the very end. Fuck it. Fuck it. There are children. You know my feelings on children. (laughs) But are you here to take us home? 
I mean, I think that the I I'm still a belief. See, here's the thing: if they were colonizing, if they were sent to to Alpha to Sanctum to to colonize, then that is home. So my thing yeah. is that home is probably the other planet. I have. I feel like that would be a better. Um, twist thing than like it being Earth. Yeah, I, I don't think it's Earth. I really don't think it is. Um, yeah, especially yeah. No, I don't. I I don't think it's Earth. But who the fuck knows? I don't write this show. Um, Shaheen, do you have anything else? For... What do you mean by the other planet? Well, because we're on a moon. Do you mean the actual planet? Well, yes. So um, fine. If you want no, no, to be no. semantic about it. If you read my notes at the beginning, I did um, not. So we find out in the first episode. That Allegis had five um, mission teams, mm-hmm. exploration missions, that went to five different planets in the solar system. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the team, so they went there. We don't know what has happened with them. In we the know solar system? Our team, in this solar system, this two sun solar system. Oh, okay. not, not our current not ours, solar system. Not ours, this one that we're in now. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> well, the, wouldn't be solar then. For fuck's sake, Shaheen. <laughs> Solar refers to our sun. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> they have a sun, damn it. The planetary system. What do you system. call it? Planetary, planetary system. system. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um, so this planetary system. Oh my god. Um, you know so... what? Next week, next week your adjective is gonna be pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't that always been my adjective? I know, I know. Well, that's and now that I'm ever not been. Now it will be explicitly so. Um, so, no. So five different exploration missions went to five different planets on this planetary system. And so we went with Alpha because that was the best um, setup for life. So that's where our people are. So I'm assuming that the other stuff was set up so that there's more story to tell. And I guess we'll see. Yeah, I feel like if we have other planets, then maybe we're going to, you know, this is the jumping off point for us being space explorers. I don't know. Jason, make good choices. Maybe you'll get to write those. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they've got a season seven, so I guess we'll find out. Um, I guess we'll find out. Okay, let's go back to space. Wait, sorry. God damn it. Sorry. I did want to. I never answered your question. You said, like, do you have anything else? So I, I was confused by some of the stuff that Murphy did. I don't understand why he took the knife, the scalpel or whatever, and I don't understand why he left, why he escaped from the chains. I think um, my read on it is the scalpel was he saw that the situation was possibly going to get real fucking sketchy. And Murphy being Murphy was like, I'm going to have a weapon because he never used it, right? No, No, he he used it to to get get out. out. He used it to get out of the handcuff, which was kind of funny because like... dumbass he left it there where like you could have had a gun and a scalpel sir nobody said you could only have one weapon this isn't some like shitty like shoot em up first person shooter game where you have to like you can only carry one one thing to kill people Bellamy like, took his gun had... it was clearly like a storytelling device to show how he got out yeah to be like fuck you guys I escaped me <laughs> um, but yeah so he used the scalpel to escape yeah and then why did he escape um, I think he was also probably just pissed at being left behind. Like, I, I yeah. think... I th- it wasn't a smart move, but luckily he wasn't affected. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a stupid thing, even from, like, a survivalist standpoint. Because, like, if if you do go crazy, you're going to get yourself killed. Well, so. but he's fine with getting other people killed. He doesn't want to get killed. <laughs> no, I mean, you so get yourself killed if, 
if you go crazy, if you go psychotic, you get yourself killed. Potentially, yeah, very no, likely. Because I... other people... The people, the people that you're trying to kill will try to as kill you a back. Par- <laughs> but like, as, a, as apart from what? Being chained to the wall and Bellamy coming in and killing you? Yeah, I feel like it was a survival mode to be like, oh, well, not everyone is locked up now, so I'm not going to be locked up as, you know, and be vulnerable. Because as soon as Clark and, and Bellamy left, then it wasn't, it was unknown whether or not anyone else was going to get unlocked. Yeah. And so I think Murphy yeah. was like, well, fuck this noise. I'm not going to be handcuffed to the wall while these psychos come and kill me. I thought that was stupid, too, to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> For Clark well, and Bellamy to leave? Yes, like, it was. What, do they think, like, they're from some other, like, species? They don't, they're, like, I better than everyone it. else? I think this habit of, like, they always feel like they're the ones that have to do shit. But, like, obviously that was a bad call. But, like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, you're listening to somebody, like, Scream being tortured. In agony? Yeah. I mean, that's hard. <laughs> you know, I thought that was the whole point of the chains was we're not going to fall for this. We're... Well, but I think it was more like we're not going to fall for ourselves. Somebody else hurt. Like, that's a different... But maybe they're bluffing to kill you. Yeah, or maybe. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that that's what they necessarily factored into it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Can we take a break? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, before before we get into, uh, I, I feel bad calling the space crew because space crew was very specific. Earth crew. Earth, Earth, Earth crew still in space. Okay, Earth crew <laughs> in, in space. Earth crew in um, space. Shaheen, like uh, w- when we were talking on the break, you, you mentioned something about something, something ethics, and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I remember that um, when we were covering humans, we talked about um, virtue ethics and um uh, and that's related to this discussion of rational selfishness or rational egoism that we talked about and i didn't bring it up because uh, i thought we talked about it before but then i remembered it was on humans so um this idea that like if you do what's best for you what's truly uh rationally selfish then you would have to you'd be a virtuous person this um is kind of in a way the very essence of virtue ethics um i mean aristotle who is usually considered the founder of virtue ethics he starts off by saying what are those habits or or traits or virtues that you can cultivate in yourself so that you achieve what he calls eudaimonia which a lot of people don't translate but when you do translate it, it it's something like happiness or flourishing um you know so he says like in order to have a flourishing life what are some of the things that you have to do um and then you know people like ayn rand or other people who talk about rational egoism that bitch they they (laughs) um basically took this idea and and um you know their they their version is like yeah i mean if you think about flourishing is who's flourishing is your flourishing right so it's basically virtue ethics says each person, if they just focus on making themselves better, um, then everyone, will, then everything will be ethical. <laughs> Instead of, um, so it, it's it's fundamentally different from what we normally use to judge actions like utilitarianism or uh, you know Kantian deontology or whatever, because those are focused on acts, right? So you judge single acts 
whether they're uh, moral or not. Whereas in virtue ethics, you don't really judge the acts one by one. It's just a matter of uh, what is this doing? What these series of actions that you're taking, decisions that you're making, what is, how is that affecting your character? And is that contributing to your flourishing flourishing or, or to your deterioration? Um, anyway, so <laughs> I think this all came up because of Murphy. <laughs> I don't think it's... <laughs> Um, so Murphy is the most virtuous one among them. <laughs> yeah, I just thought like a lot of stuff that when we say like is Murphy being uh, really nice or is he being selfish? This is how, wh- why I was runner- reminded of this because someone who believes in rational selfish selfishness uh, would say there is no difference. You know, being ah. truly nice and being selfish is the same because if if you're truly selfish, being nice is a part of it. Like. That's what's good for you is to be nice to other people by and large. <laughs> but what are the limitations to virtue ethics? Like where, so when you put your life on the line that could be at your detriment, would a, someone who is virtue ethics not do that? Right. So a lot of times people say that virtue ethics doesn't tell you what to do in like specific situations. Um, mm-hmm. They say it's not action guiding. And People like, again, like Ayn Rand or people who have this tendency, they often think that these questions are kind of um, not the right thing to focus on. Like these sorts of extreme situations where you're on a trolley or, or whatever, you know, like um, war or something, or, you know, you can, you can like sacrifice yourself for someone else, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of situation. They are like Murphy staying behind uh-huh. to be with people that might come at his detriment right i mean yeah i i feel like uh virtue ethicists would often say that like these are sort of extreme situations and ethics is not really there to tell you what to do in these sorts of situations uh ethics is more about like normal life and how how to live your life (laughs) um but yeah i mean um it's not like sacrificing yourself is bad for your character though it's just that you'll be then be dead possibly (laughs) (laughs) which i mean really at that point it just depends on your perspective right (laughs) there goes our control subject (laughs) we have this little cartoon on our um uh, in our office that is like all the geeky philosophy jokes and there's this philosopher giving a speech and he's saying i'm not saying that we should destroy the environment i'm just saying that if we do they won't be sad because there will be no one around to be sad about it so (laughs) it won't be i'm just saying it won't be a sad thing if nobody's there to feel sad then there's no sadness it's not a sad thing yeah (laughs) um so yeah all right cool um did you have anything else before before space crew no that's it Sorry, Earth crew in space. God damn it! I did. did I, ha- I had one thing that I don't. I don't think we covered. It's really fast. Um, at the beginning, when Josephine's talking to her um, daddy Lightborn about um, the species on the planet that she's found so far, she's like, mm-hmm. "So far, I've ha- I have um, three things: there's insects, flora, and reptiles." And um, and I was like, "Wait," because I had just rewatched the first episode. Um, and there was clearly birds in like the background of the scene. Yeah, I, I do see your screenshot in the notes I uh, with the notes, burbs, burbs, 
<laughs> I see burbs. Clearly there are burbs. Um, but then I was just like, or are these the Gwaiwu who are going to come up? Which is like, she's like, that was Mandarin for freaks. And those are the animals that she couldn't classify into which, either categories. I want to see those. Like, right? that, that's definitely a little, <laughs> that's gonna uh, a come little back. breadcrumb. That's going to come back. And or, it, or it'll be like the fucking two-headed deer. And we're like, we were promised freaks. And they're like, yeah, no budget. Sorry. <laughs> Gwaiwu. <Yeah, laughs> or it won't come um, up this season. <laughs> yeah, or or it'll be like or it'll the be like uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Um. All right, so we're in space. Uh, Daft Punk shows up for whatever reason. Um, with their cool ass <laughs> helmets and Daft. Um, did they not look like Daft Punk? They looked like Daft Punk. I call them Black Power Rangers because they don't know what Daft Punk is. Uh, all right, fine, fine. <laughs> You know what, Power Rangers? We'll just go with that as our as our movie reference because there were '90s movies Power Rangers, unless something else comes up. Daft Daft Punk Punk, um, music, but they always wear these helmets that look like that, like Mouse House guy. Oh yeah. Um, you mean Dead Mouse? Yeah, that one. Similar, but no, Mouse House. Really, we're gonna Disney this? I'm not of the musics. (laughs) You know, Um, I listen to like '90s and Mandy Moore. Cool. So our five listeners who listen to Daft Punk were probably like, hey, it does look kind of like Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so so they bust in. They like they kind of do a pretty good job of taking the ship. Like, I'm I'm impressed. Um, Dude, I got, hate it you know, so much when people just stand around for the uh, tear gas or whatever, for the gas to just spread. Like, when you see someone throwing something at you. Someone, run! Someone who looks hostile. Yeah, run or some hold your breath. Yeah, like, they just look... <laughs> They like Hold stand there like idiots. Run. Do both of these things. And they're like, oh, what is this thing? It's like, well, it could have been a grenade. Like, you, you should have, <laughs> you should have stand Well, let's to, stand around and look and see what happens. To determine what it is. Just like, go away. Anyway. Um... <laughs> We obviously there's a there's a there's a red and black blood, um, you know, something about that matters, at least to them. Um, Raven wakes up Dioza, which was honestly one of my favorite moments because we got Dioza like taking a hit off of their um, (laughs) their uh, life thing, their 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 oxygen. And like that was a fucking bong rip. Like she was like. So so, what's what's next? You, you, I was like, I see you, Dioza. Yeah, I dude. see you. I thought they were Chill hiding out, from dude. the the sleep the sleep stuff, huh? I thought they were hiding from the sleep juice. No, they were, but like the way she said it, like with the oxygen in her lungs, like it was totally. I know that you don't smoke pot, and I certainly uh, don't. Why. And definitely, Shahin does not. No, hypothetically, that's how a person I, sounds. Hypothetically, I've seen you know half baked or Cheech and Chong or you know any of those other movies where that pineapple is that Express. is Pineapple Express, which is that that's what that's what happens. And then Maddie, you Big know, Lebowski. Down, Can the Big Lebowski, Big Lebowski be our? reference. Big Lebowski can always be our 90s movie reference, even though it has <laughs> nothing to do with it. Um, let's see. Oh, we had some shit about Octavia, like, trying to get people to kill her, and that was sad, and then and then Maddie jumps down, because apparently she's a small child, even though she's not. Um, <laughs> that was the funniest part. And then, um, there's, and then, and then they go down to Earth. But anyway, that's sort of an overall of what happened. Um, let's actually, like, I guess, get into what happened happened. Do you think um, that the um, the Nightblood stuff is related to when they talk about bodies? 
There's something about the I bodies, kind of, right? They they do they they do something special with them. Yeah, like they, which makes me think that it has to do with a chip. And here's why. Here is why. <laughs> because a, like much like altered carbon, you like you have to take the chip out and put it into someone else's body. So like their consciousness would obviously be lost if they don't open up the bodies and take out the chip and put it into someone else. But and here's the thing, and I'm jumping ahead of myself here. When they got to the perimeter and the and the and the lady had to turn off the little, you know, whatever radiation shield or whatever, did you notice that she like paused and like gathered herself before punching in the code? Yes, I did. I wrote that down. Which makes me feel like that reminded me a lot of in some ways um like both Maddie like when she was like communing with the chip um, and then also we saw like Lexa during her meditation and stuff, which makes me think that, yeah, there's some sort of like shared, maybe even, maybe it's not even people are cloning themselves. Maybe it's like a shared consciousness thing that exists. And so you mind. have to purge. Ooh, high yeah, mind. Like, like you have to purge. That would be interesting. Right? Because the way that everything is arranged, like from the sky view, like everything is touching, like it's not like sequestered out, like everything is kind of a kaleidoscope of each other mm -hmm. um and so like if it's a hive mind thing so what it, i took sorry what i took from that gesture was that where she stopped yeah uh, uh -huh. she kind of like took a deep breath or whatever um what i took from that was that um she's like oh man i'm making the same mistake again so like it's if it felt like to me like she's done this before she's let other people in Mm, and it's been a disaster and so and that's why they have the shield is so that other people don't come in but now so that's what i took from i mean yeah like <laughs> I, I feel like i feel like both both are completely valid like mm -hmm. you know like obviously we don't have enough answers um i think yours is probably more probable shaheen like i'm sure that they're gonna find out that like oh there were other invaders or something like that but can we please just, you know, hold like light a tiny little prayer candle for this. possibly <laughs> for possibly a hive mind? Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. I love hive awesome. mind. I, I'm I was disappointed that the hive mind aspect of the city of light was in more explored more. And back to your disappointment with the city. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> on um, brand. On brand. Um, okay, so let's let's dive into Earth and Space Crew. Um, where do we want to start? Uh, I guess I guess Nitavia, uh, which uh, yeah, Nitavia. I mean, I, I think we've been talking about it since last season. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Since since season five, at least. So, but so now Nyla I saw Kool Aid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like it was, it was brought up on Reddit. No, pre Kool Aid, pre Kool Aid, when Nyla was tending Octavia's wounds prior she to tended. there was mm -hmm. spark she pre Kool Aid. Yeah, I mean, there was totally spark pre Kool Aid. Okay, hundred percent. Before we, she became Blood Reina, there was spark. I think yeah. he, was it in season four. Yeah, because remember how Octavia vouches for Nila? Or I always say it the wrong way. Nyla, Nyla. Nyla. Um, <laughs> and I say when, Naya instead um, of Nia. <laughs> we're all confused <laughs> um when um everybody's fighting and they're like you're not even space crew why would you take our seat which honestly was a valid argument they only had a hundred um but like octavia is like she's getting a seat i already gave away all of your seats but she's also getting another one <laughs> 
So like it goes deep because she stood up and she took her and now they're like going somewhere in my opinion. <laughs> um but no, I mean people on Reddit are talking about it. They're like, did anybody else feel something? And I'm like, yeah, welcome to the club. It's been seasons now. <laughs> yeah, I mean I was like I see now why Nyla woke up Octavia when they were having the fight. It's like this mm-hmm. is what she wanted, this is what she was looking for. Well, I don't know if that's what Nila Nila um, was waking her up for. I think it was um, that she respects Octavia more than she respects Abby because Abby fucking ditched them immediately. So, like, why would why would Nyla have more allegiance to Abby, who's calling the shots for some reason, than Octavia? You know, mm. and that's what I, I mean. That was my impression of it. And because the thirst. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, point is, Nitavia is a thing. Is a thing. Is a thing. They banged. All right. So um, the the evil Daft Punk Power Rangers show up. Yeah. Um, They're immediately curious why are about they ta- blood. Why are they taking the ship? Ooh, that's a good question. Like, I think they just want to see who's there. But not really, it seems. Like, I feel like if they, like, they came in swinging. You know what I mean? only four of them. Right. To a ginormous ship. Yeah, like, I kind of feel like if they were curious, they may have, I don't know, gotten up into the atmosphere and then radioed and been like, hey, we stole your ship. Who the fuck are you? Or, Or you know, I mean... Maybe it's so that they did get the drop on them and, like, could be surprised. But it seems like their goal was to take the ship, which seems like they're trying to get home somewhere. I think that the people who got sent on this planet or moon, clearly, I I think that there was probably some sort of conflict and that they were maybe exiled and are, quote unquote, trying to get home. But okay, okay. So you so in this scenario, you're saying that so of the five people who settled, one person, one settlement or a few had a better setup and became like the capital. And then for some reason, people so that became the capital. And then for some reason, people got pushed to the other less um. Hospitable. Desirable settlements. Yeah, I, I, for I just, some unknown reason. I just don't. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying it's curious that five people, four or five people, tried to take this giant ship. And wouldn't yeah, you take one why. of the people on the ground hostage and torture them for information? I mean, if you've been watching this show, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, I'm, I'm the whole red versus black blood thing plus. Them trying to take take Allegis is is interesting to me. That's all. Yeah, and I wonder if it's like so. They got on first, um, and this goes back to when they see Octavia has red blood, mm-hmm. and so the other place we've seen red blood on this planet is there's that shrine to the Lightborns and whoever the other settlers, and there's that little bowl in front of it that has red blood dripped into it. Um, so I don't understand what the significance, but clearly there's a significance between night blood and red blood. 
And like, um, it seems based on the trailer that there's different, uh, two different factions at least. You know, like the forest people and the the castle people. Um, and so I don't know if it's like a blood divide. Huh. Um, yeah. And so How are I don't you know if they're coming there are to two factions. In the, so in the trailer, we see um, people who are dressed. I guess I'll just say grounder-y, you know, with like uh-huh. the um, uh, intimidating leather and goggle work slash face shields uh-huh. um, and versus like the people in dresses going to what looks like an orgy, the pre <laughs> moments of an orgy. Um, so there's there's big contrast there. <laughs> mm hmm. So that's that's why I feel like there's two different factions. Um, so who, which people. one do you think the um, well, um, what do you call him, Joe? <laughs> Wait, Daft, Daft Punk. Punk. Which one do you think yeah. the Daft Punk? Evil, evil Daft Punk. Yeah, which oh, one do you think clearly, the evil Daft Punks are? They're clearly um, the castle people, in my opinion, um, because they control like the. The, the big bug zappers. Um, and there's reasons. Damn it, I'm like blinking. Um, fuck. Um, I, so when we were talking about our theories, like this goes back to the theories about um, the people being chipped and living on and on and on and on. So I think that the divide will be people who don't want to do that, people who want to naturally give birth and like, because they don't think it's right to overtake you know, new bodies and new people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that. Or people who like didn't a, want this to happen to them and they ran away. Like people maybe. who were going to be replaced with. Maybe. Yeah. Know, yeah. So they start their own society. They have to live in like the, the wilds of this world where I don't know, the forest is crazy and the trees try to eat you. Yeah. Um, and like everyone else lives in a castle and has orgy parties and so it's kind of like what do you want to, so then like sky crew's getting here and it's almost like mount weather where it's like right. you get chocolate cake or you get maybe cut into a thousand slices it depends what do you choose <laughs> you get cloned um, and you get, your doing, consciousness gets replaced yeah while you can pick the chocolate cake you also have to survive on the death of thousands of people you know? Mm. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a very yeah. deep theory. Um. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out how wrong we are. I guess we'll find out. Because, you know, like, Metastation would have figured this out by now. <laughs> so we're clearly wrong. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll slide into Aaron and Claire's DMs and be like, so hey, listen. So, hey. I know you don't watch the show anymore, but um i think they probably uh, hate watch it i mean yeah i feel like i feel like everyone who's like i'm not watching they're like so what happened i wasn't there for any hate watches (laughs) definitely not um (laughs) let's talk about raven and dioza even though i just i already talked about dioza's bong rip um oh my god i love it i feel like that's a real like if anything raven has been disappointed by abby as a mother figure and dioza is sort of Obviously another mother figure, um, but in a way that I think speaks to Raven a lot more. Um, Kind of the way that Raven, Raven is very black and white. Mm -hmm. 
And in a lot of ways, Dioza is as well. She sees gray and nuance. Like, she sees it. And But I think in some ways, Dioza's way of seeing the world is probably a little bit better of a mentorship than Abby was to Raven, if that I, makes sense. Yes. No, no, no. I think that... Um, I think that what you're saying is um, Dioza broadens Raven's horizons by taking what she knows about black and white morality and actually putting it into practical context, meaning it doesn't work in practical context versus Abby. Abby is very much like a, if she were to take her MBTI, she's definitely an F and that's not, I don't know what that is. No. So, so, you know, you're an INTJ. Right, right. I, right. I love that you remember my personality type. I knew I, it before I you took not. the test. <laughs> oh, by the way, she didn't know you. <laughs> by the way, uh-huh. I, I, I asked, I asked my therapist this this past week or a week ago or a week or so ago, being like, "So listen, hey," because I remember you had this kind of reaction of being like, "It's bullshit." Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it is. She was saying that it is not entirely bullshit because of the questions that it asks. However, it could be that it changes based on when you take the test, obviously. Um, Like, it should not be used for any sort of, like, concrete scientific diagnosis um, Mm -hmm. as well, especially if you're, like, a young, you know, a younger person because you might actually, you may have felt that way on that day, but then that sort of gives you a prescription for the rest of your life. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, it says that I'm this thing, so that's it. That's how, that's who I am. But she did say that, like, it was helpful and interesting and, like, that they do use them. Um, she said, though, that, like, the, the downfall, of course, comes in when um, – like companies will do like a like a big companies will do like hiring fairs or whatever and like let's say that you narrow it down to three candidates well they'll have the three candidates take take the Myers Briggs test and then offer a job to someone based on that and like that gets in a little bit squicky uh-huh. um in terms <laughs> yeah because ENTP or ENTP and ITP INTP will get fucked over every time because apparently we're not very efficient even though it's true wait me no, you're e- I- INTJ. <laughs> I'm INTP. So I'm efficient. Yes. Oh, well. More yeah. efficient than me because We've I like didn't knew that. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, it's very true. It's very true. But like, I did have to do, um, I um, interviewed for, what the fuck is it called? Bridgewater? Um, which is like a, if, if I'm saying that right, it's like a an, an investment um, banking yeah. firm thing in Greenwich, Connecticut. And um, that is the most strenuous interview process I've ever been through. It was like two days. They gave us like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and we had to like do a personality test before we came in. And like I scored an ENTP somehow, even though I'm like the most introverted person ever. Um, but like, but INTPs slash ENTPs are known for being like more theoretical than ever wanting to do work. So that's never going to work in my favor, despite how true it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's, I didn't know companies actually use that. That's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Among That was only one of like three tests we had to take. No, but that's like super fucked up because like, um, like it's a fun thing to take. And she was saying like, I was like, so it's more, it's more accurate than a horoscope she's like well yes obviously um <laughs> yeah. but at the same time it's not an end-all be-all yeah i if, mean 
in the social sciences especially especially but i mean generally when you introduce a, a concept there's this thing called uh construct validity um so two things that you have to show um are one that your test whatever test you design so when you introduce a concept you you have to show a test that operationalizes it right so um the idea is that this is like if if the concept that you introduced is temperature, your test is like a thermometer, right? So you have to have a device that mm -hmm. measures whatever it is that you... So, for example, the concept of IQ, um, you have to have something that measures it, so you design a test. And one thing that you have to show is that the results of the test are consistent over um, multiple uh, administrations of the test. So, mm -hmm. like, if you do it over and over, uh, you won't get just like uh like your results don't fluctuate too much um mm -hmm. and then uh, over time is another thing but of course some some things might change over time but so one is from like um administrator to administrator like who who is who is giving the test uh one thing you have to show is that it doesn't depend on who's giving the test mm. um and and the other thing is that it has to be reliable for, in multiple takes, and um, the uh, and so what. But eventually, at the end of the day, you have to show that this thing that you're measuring is good for something. Like it has to correlate with something that we care about, right? So, like IQ, for example, correlates strongly with um, you know future outcomes, future like um, education, future income. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, it, so when you know someone's IQ at 15, you can predict, mm, you, or you can, you know, it gives you good information, some information about their future. Does it correlate to that? I mean, here's the thing. I, I took an does. IQ test when I was super young, and it said that I was real fucking smart, <laughs> and I think that I am wildly, like, I'm pretty sure if I took it now, they'd be like... <laughs> oh. I don't know. Maybe you just didn't, never used it. <laughs> Wait, like the it's definition just, of wasted. It's just yeah, on standby. It's not being used. You know. <laughs> My special thing was that I was the highest person ever tested in the visual spatial capacity at that center, <laughs> but everything else was like pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, like the question is this Mayor Briggs thing. Does that correlate with anything? Does that like predict anything? If I know your thing, can I? Does that give me power, the power to uh, know something else about you, make a prediction about you, you know? I well, mean, I, apparently I, I'm not very efficient, which is true. So I, I think that it's probably like a pretty, like as, as my therapist was saying, that it's like a pretty good idea given like if somebody answers this and this was the headspace that they were in. But unlike an IQ test, like there is not an objectively right or wrong answer on mm -hmm. things so it does become a lot harder to sort right because the thing that she was saying about like if you take it at different times it might give different results that's that's one of the that fails one of the tests tests of validity the construct validity um, um yeah but anyway all right anyway well, what the fuck were we talking about dioza and <laughs> raven we were, talking, we were talking about dioza and raven back on topic yeah so yeah what we were saying was that um Dioza being the person that she was and like I think this is where I came in with the um Raven is obviously a T meaning thinking over feeling although uh -huh. she does get very like she does have 
moments where her feelings come out like she's very judgy Mm -hmm. but like that doesn't negate that like at the end of it she's when she comes to like understanding the world it is very much from like a thinker perspective versus a feeler perspective so dioza is also in my opinion a thinker perspective and so the way that dioza can share her understanding of the world with raven is gonna it's gonna make much more sense to raven than what abby could try to impart on Raven because mm-hmm. Abby is like definitely an F, despite the fact <laughs> that she's a scientist. She's very much yeah, but she's kind of I know she's terrible. She's a terrible <laughs> scientist. Um, she really is. She really is. Um, she's a horrible doctor. <laughs> she is a muddy puddle doctor. Oh my There's god! There's no Wash way around it. <laughs> I'm still upset. I'm still upset. Um, but I think I think like I like that's actually a point that I I really wanted to make, and I'm so glad you brought it up. Um, because I feel like generally you're not into like the maternal side of things, but like very much so. If anyone can be the mother that Raven needs. It's Dioza, and I'm so excited if they actually explore that. Well, and I I feel like, and you have a note here that said, um, someone just pointed this out, uh, but is Dioza awesome because of how the character is written or the actress? And I mean, I'm going to go with both. Like, I think that another actress could probably make Dioza just as awesome, but I don't think that every actress could. And so I think that Ivana is doing a, a fucking amazing job yeah and i think that that and i think they must have actually filmed this i mean i'm trying to think Hmm. because she had the baby over the hiatus i mean maybe she like was still a little bit like rounder in the cheeks from it but like and wearing like a pregnancy thing or yeah well i mean you don't just like lose the baby weight nobody's kate middleton except for kate middleton (laughs) um no no no. she um she's definitely wearing a fake yeah fake fake belly now Um, uh, and, like, she's still, like, she, I don't think she should have any pressure put on her to, no. like, lose weight. And, no. like, I don't know. Maybe she has and we just can't tell because she has a pregnancy belly. Um, but she, she is believable as a pregnant woman with a pregnancy belly. Um, but, crap, there was another point that I wanted to make. Oh, no, what you were saying about, um, is it the writing or the, so, or the actress? Um, I think, I think it is a lot the actress. Um, she's just so good. She's so, so, so good. But, like, I think, um, I do like the idea of, um, this mother who is just, you know, she, she hasn't put anything aside to just stop and have the baby. She's just, Mm -hmm. like, she's still so much herself, this general that she's like, I got other shit to do. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, I'm, I'm sure that she's, cause we've seen her in season five thinking about her baby. And my biggest issue, I think with her writing was that in the end, um, she didn't really pl- like, you could have pull- plucked her out of season five and you could have easily rewritten around that. And that was my biggest problem with her character. Um, I loved her. I thought she was so awesome, but the story was the part that was failing her character by not really creating a purpose that was clear for her so if they're able to do that and i think that pairing her with raven and raven very much needs this influence i think that that's a very organic yeah um pairing uh, pairing. yes pairing and like this show i think it got a lot of accolades for putting these like weird pairs together but i think they took that too far and that like they weren't um 
once they had these weird pairings, they weren't um, doing the work to reinforce the relationships they already had. They'd immediately go to new pairings instead of being like, well, we have to go from new pairings to making sure the pairings that existed still get work and progress and are strong. Um, and so, but in this case, because... I feel like they did a good job with it then. Yes. Because we've seen the multi-season well, downfall between Abby and... Yes. And, and, and Raven. And we're finally addressing it. And even though I think it was taken a little bit too far, because, like... But, like, it's taken too far, but at the same time, they never addressed the slap that happened. You know, they kind of just patched up and never talked about Abby slapping Raven. So maybe it had to go this far. And maybe through Dioza, Raven can have a relationship with Abby again by, like, finding her perspective in an imperfect world right, like, that I she feel like, hasn't before. I feel like Dioza's totally going to, like, sit Raven down and be like, so listen, listen, <laughs> like, Abby made some mistakes. Like, like, I feel like it, I am I am here for this pairing is what I'm saying. Yeah. And you know what? If they if they decide to not be mother daughter and instead uh also fun. I know it's too soon. I know it's too soon. We just saw Shaw's like burial mound, but I'm just saying. Not that that matters on this show. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know, right? Um, all right. So Raven and Dioza, um, let's go with Octavia and Abby. Yeah. Because that was, whew, that was dark. Uh, so I, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, well, so I know that um, a lot of people are very invested in Octavia's journey and, um, it is a difficult journey taking her from everything that happened in season five, which I, I think we all feel that it was one of the most well-written arcs in season five. I don't know how much that's saying, but it was we were definitely on Octavia's side in, in season five, right? I wasn't. You weren't. OK, well, <laughs> Joe and I were, I guess. <laughs> uh, wait, Shaheen, how did you feel about Octavia in season five? I don't remember. Uh, I felt that she was way over the top and the stuff that she was doing wasn't justified given the situation. I don't disagree with that, but I, I do think that... But that's also kind of in character for Octavia, for that yes. matter. Like, she's not ever been known to be, like, quiet and measured. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like no matter what, Octavia always has handlers. Like, Bellamy was Octavia's handler. Lincoln was Octavia's handler. To some degree, uh, Ilian was Octavia's handler. Um, and Indra, of course, Octavia's handler. And which, well, yes. she was too healthy of a handler that, like, Octavia... Exactly. Yeah. Like, way too mentally healthy. But then, you know, like... Kane and Abby failed as Octavia's handlers. Like that that was their job and they did not do it very well. Which point point of interest. Very interesting that um I mean I guess it makes sense considering Dioza did like take uh you know take over the Allegius, but I, I do think that it's super interesting and probably for, you know, casting reasons that Octavia did not or that Raven did not wake up Indra, um, or that Octavia never woke up Indra. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I would kind of think that's probably because, um, she is off doing other filming things, much like Henry Ian Cusick, but I'm just saying, um, where's I want, you know what a good pairing would be? Hmm. Abby and Indra working together. It would, it would really counteract. Indra would not have any enough patience for Abby's nonsense. But no, that's the point. (laughs) That's the point. It's because, like, right now, like, I, I'm having a, a really hard time with, um, I think I wrote this down. What did I write down? I wrote down, like, um, Abby says to Octavia that, um, oh, so when um, when Octavia's letting everyone beat her up because she's so, like, 
self-loathing like everything's cracking for her Mm -hmm. um and abby says um she stops it she's like let her live with what she's become and um abby's already back on that high horse like she's like she says like the difference between you and me is that i regret what i did and like to her that's enough and this reminds me a lot of like what finn thought in season two where he was like um well I, I really want us all to be friends. So the fact that I shot up a village by accident, like, it's not a big deal, guys. Like, you know that I want us to, like, all get along. Like, that's just, like, that's what I want. So obviously that was just, like, an, a boo-boo. So, like, it's this idea that because... Pause on. Um, <laughs> because you are good, then the things that you do don't have weight because clearly you as a good person were trying to do a good thing. So even if you did a bad thing because you misjudged the situation or you just got ahead of yourself or you got emotional about it, that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you you were a good person who was, you know, you're, you know. So that's kind of how Abby approaches it. And I don't think that that's the right way to approach. You can't just absolve yourself because you decide that like, well... I feel bad, and and I wanted good things, so <laughs> you know, like she doesn't actually. She wait, wait, she, hold on, whoa, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> I thought that you would have been sympathetic to this because we've talked about this before, and you're you're to intention. Yeah, you're an intentionalist. You think yes. if you meant well, that's all that yes. matters. Oh, yeah, no, I understand the confusion. <laughs> um, I no, no, I totally understand the confusion. But it's like, um, Abby, so the difference is, and maybe, maybe it's not like a difference that matters and I have to like figure that out. But the difference to me is, um, Abby's excusing herself because, you know, she, she meant well, um, even if it was like a bad thing versus characters who, when they, they do something and they're just like, this is the worst thing I'm doing this for my people and, I'm a terrible person because I'm doing this. Like I'm, I'm the worst. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm gonna have to like, I'm gonna have to live with it. I'm the worst. And 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 so they're not, they're not being like, whatever. <laughs> like I'm like a good person, and like I'm like it's fine. Uh-huh. They're like I'm a horrible person, but I don't know what to do. And and so like I feel like that's the difference between like characters like Clark and Bellamy and Abby. Uh-huh. It's it's because and and I don't know I don't know if you can like make that same distinction. But Abby said that she regrets it, right? Abby says the difference between her and Octavia is that she regrets okay. it, right? But does she? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in a I way, that what you're saying is interesting. She's absolving herself, though. That's the difference. Versus other people don't absolve themselves. Uh-huh. So you think that other than your intention, your attitude is also important. So like if I'm um, doing if I'm doing something for my people, um, you know mm-hmm. I I look at the situation like have you seen this interview with um um with the man who dropped the bomb the nuclear bomb on uh, Hiroshima? I haven't, but that's fascinating um, to me. Yeah, they talked to him and they asked him. I was it's, it is very fascinating. I, I recommend that you watch it because. I actually had this question, that how does this person feel about this? Mm-hmm. And uh, they interviewed him and he said, if you knew the situation then of like, what uh-huh. were the options on the table? You know, the mm-hmm. options were invade Japan, like ground invasion of Japan, um, 
or the war continues indefinitely, or we drop this bomb, whatever, right? So he went through, like, and they were like, Japan was about to do this, and so he went through the situation and the urgency of the situation and the mm-hmm. options that they had available, and the estimates of the consequences of each option, they are like, a ground invasion would have resulted in the deaths of millions, whereas, like, the nuclear mm-hmm. bomb would be 100,000 people or a few hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And so he said... We were confident back then in our conscience that this is the best thing to do. And mm-hmm. uh, this is the right thing to do right now. And so he said, I do, do not regret it. And if I was in that situation again, I would do the same thing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I wonder. Um, so like the, it, at the moment. And so I was thinking like, okay, but didn't you still feel the weight of like you killed you pushed a button that killed like hundreds of thousands so maybe this is what you're saying right it's like there's something questionable that you're not feeling anything about this is that is that the kind of thing that you're saying that like Um, at the moment or later like he felt so convinced by his reasoning that he's not doing something wrong that he didn't even feel bad and and you would think well that's rational if you don't think you're doing anything wrong yeah i guess maybe i have to examine more my thoughts about what abby did and how she's behaving because maybe i'm not being fair maybe because i mean i'm not abby's biggest fan and i did not like the framing of like it's all octavia's fault last season because to me, it was very clear that this was like a group effort of, I mean, she was a, a 16-year-old put into a leadership position that she did not want nor was cut out for. Um, and these were the adults tasked with um, guiding her, and they turned around and blame her. Um, so that's a lot that factors into it. But in terms of like, yes, what I'm what I was saying before... Yeah, maybe that's not the best way to judge it or weigh what she did. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. Thanks for making me like rethink myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I do feel like we've been going on a little bit long. Um, if if you guys are okay, did did we want to? Are you guys ready to move on from this? I had a quick thing about, uh, or I don't know. Just I'm still confused about whether and why. And those are separate questions, of course. People are mad at Octavia for cannibalism. I'm like, no. there are so many layers of not understanding this. Because, like, first of all, like... You'd be dead, dick. That's, okay, like, yeah, yeah, that's one thing. Is like, do you think that you would have survived yeah. without it anyway? Or... Yeah. Like, because you, you were 100% going to die and it was going to be horrific. Or do you think yeah. that you you should have died... Or do you, what exactly do they think, how can they be upset if this was the only, if they think they should have survived and this was the only way to survive, then how can they be upset about it? Well, I think that they were, they, they showed at least that one dude being more upset about sort yeah. of everything that happened after. It wasn't necessarily the cannibalism, it was I understand, decision. right, but I was yeah. saying when Octavia was talking, she was like, they blame me for their sins, even though it was your idea. That sounds like a reference to the cannibalism. Right. Right. I think it does. And I think that that's Octavia sort of wrapping her head around being like, oh, well, yeah. they're obviously mad about this one thing. And it's like, mm, 
Octavia, it was actually the really bad decision she made <laughs> after that. Uh-huh. That's what they're upset about. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly. I think that she is spinning Octavia's her... not great at introspection. <laughs> no. And, 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 but at the same time, like, she did such bad things. And um, I can sort of see her train of thought for some of them. But to stomach what in, and to live with what uh, she did. Stomach. Stomach. Uh. <laughs> wink, wink. See, the joke um, is... People cubes. <laughs> Still one of my favorite episodes. It was so good. This is why children love you, Joe. No, they don't. Actually, they do, and they I'm do. so uncomfortable. I'm it's, so uncomfortable when children, children are like, cats. Hey. You're oh, just- so you ignore them, and they're like, "Hey, you're my best friend." I was exactly. like, "That's not what I wanted." Exactly. Anyway, um, so no, no, no but she's definitely she's in like a. To me, it seems like she's in this um, highly. Um, distraught um, state of mind where she's grasping at straws to be able to live with herself. So she's saying like when um, Jordan says like, no, my dad saved all of us, which is true. Um, Octavia is like, no, I saved all of you, which I mean, like she didn't Those save all of them. Those aren't inconsistent with each other. Both but, can be true. Yeah, both can be true. Well, but she says <laughs> some of them, but she didn't like. She had nothing to do with Jordan or any of no. them because they were like they were already on the other side of the line. Like the, it but was not. Again, you were you were asking for nuance with Octavia, and that is not her character. Yes, but no. I, to me, it's like it's obvious enough that they weren't there that she can't claim that she saved them, <laughs> and she's. Mm, it's not a good luck. Yeah, it's not a good luck. Here's the thing: never get high on your own supply. And I think that, yeah. But it it does feel like a last resort. Like she's gonna, and like she that that last scene where she breaks down and cries. Which I mean, it is never a mistake to make Marie cry on screen because she's so good at it. Um, (laughs) But it's like it's all these things she's saying. Like she's fronting. Like she. She deep down she knows that it's not true. She knows she fucked up. But like if she has to like face that, like it's too much. And so I think that's what we're seeing now. And like it'll be interesting to see what gets her over the hump and what like what's coming up for her next, I guess is how I feel about it. I don't know about you guys. Um Yeah, that's interesting. So you think that when Octavia says that people are mad at her for cannibalism, she's just wrong about that. No, I don't think she's wrong. I think that that's she's being myopic about one tiny little uh-huh. aspect of a bigger picture. Okay, but is this that aspect true? Like, are there people who are mad at her for that reason? Sure. Like we had this question about Kane. Like, is he mad at Octavia for cannibalism? Yes. I mean, it's a little ambiguous, or is it completely clear in the text? Oh, I I think I don't know about it being clear in the text, but to me, it makes sense. Because that was like a huge scene for them where she forces his hand because, as Abby said, he's the key. And if she mm-hmm. gets him to eat, everybody will eat. And so that was like she forced him into that position. Yeah. And he he knows it. I mean, to be fair, the choice that Kane made or that was going to made before Octavia forced him because he kept saying there's hope we can do something else we find another way um and that's exactly the stance that clark took with the city of light she was like uh, you know ali was like dude there is no other way and clark was like no we'll find something 
Um, yeah. So this is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, that's. I think that that's that's very interesting, and I think that you're right. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no. I think that like yes, they they both like. So when Clark makes that decision, um, I think the only difference is it's like an immediate either I give in now, Allie wins, and this is all happening. Um, or I buy Allie, um, or Becca Allie gave her six months before Prime Fire. So she ha- thinks she has that much time to figure it out. Versus Octavia um, is given a different timetable. Although it doesn't seem different because Allie, or um, Abby's like within a year of this, the, the what is it, soybean? Um, mm-hmm. Having the um, fungi, fungus. It um within a year they'll die of not having protein. So it's it's like a it is you could say it's a similar timetable, but there one is a closed circuit system, and the mm. other one there's more possibility. What if they just never? I mean, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut us off after after my one after okay. I decide. <laughs> um, what if they just didn't tell them that they were like mixing like people meat into the sloppy joes? You know what I mean? I that's what I said, and that's what I would have been so for, just not telling people. Just They're already like, killing them. Yeah, right. They're already dead in the fighting pit. So, it, right. <laughs> and they're like, let's. That this was Clark and the knife in in one hundred four. You I'm know, that comes just up saying. in this episode that I have to talk about later because there's another thing. Okay. But, um, I mean- it would have leaked, and then it would be huge outrage and like consent. Yeah, but also you'd be like, have. those sloppy joes were delicious. Yeah, wasn't that better than the salad bar that you had last week? Ugh, nobody <laughs> wants to go to fucking Sizzlers for the nobody is a rabbit. Um, all right, is there is there anything that we want to say about Maddie and Gaia before we get into our petty dickery? Yes, <sighs> I. <laughs> it's really quick. It's I'm really so quick. hungry. It's really quick. <laughs> So I I did not notice this like the first eight times I watched this episode, but in this last watch, I realized that um, so when they're deciding who's going to go um, to sit, rescue everybody and who's going to stay on the dropship, um, everyone's like, Maddie, you have to stay. Like it's it just it makes more sense. And, mm-hmm. and so Gaia goes like, oh, we can start in your training, you know, like trying to be like, oh, it's OK. Everything's fine. And Maddie goes, oh, great. I'm so glad I woke up for this, <laughs> which is like such a teenager thing to say and like it made my heart like warm (laughs) (laughs) um i'm i'm glad i'm i'm glad that it pleased you and i just had one question about a note that you have shaheen i see Uh why nyla woke up octavia was this also you recognizing nylark as a thing yeah i was just or not nylark and I was like, oh, you just wanted to check up. That's what you did. Right? <laughs> if, if, if you yes! are seeing the shipping, then it is there. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, actually, in Petty Dickery. Uh, Shaheen? Oh. Um, so, the hijackers, they said that, uh, Diosa said that they have access to that cryopod room. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning they they see on their control panel what's happening there. I I don't think that they and see visually. I think that they sure, see sure sure. But is they unlocked. get information about which pod is open yeah. and whatever. But then when they came in, Diozo was like fooling them to think that it hasn't been 
like defrost she hasn't been defrosted yet or whatever oh they they um, mentioned that they said he they were like oh she's still frozen like i think that they right but they can't be confused about that because they see it in their room that that this this one was open but you know even even like us with our like all of our technology when when something says like oh this happened and you go and you check on it and it didn't you're like oh fucking technology <laughs> you know you don't, you're not like it's tricking me my cell phone is tricking me it is charged all the way i plugged it in you're like damn it cord i need to not buy a new one you know <laughs> it's it's like such a it's a human thing to like not trust a device because mm. it's not perfect okay um, okay. since you have a really long one, Bubs, I'm going to go. Yeah, um, shouldn't Jordan have been so much more excited about being on, like, off of a spaceship for the first time in his life? But, but he didn't go off of it. Yeah, he did. He, like, went on, when, when he went onto the ground with, um, with, uh... Oh, he did end up going with them? I yeah, yeah, he forgot. went with them. So oh. he was there when Dioza and all of them, like, got onto the ground. I'm like, shouldn't you, like, be at least losing You're your mind just out. a little <laughs> bit for breathing non-recycled yeah. air for the first fucking yeah. time in your life? Like... I mean, seeing trees... Yeah. To no, smell I, I things. Can you imagine that, like, he is having new smells? No, I can, because that's exactly what happened in season one. That's what I'm saying! Like... <laughs> The see seeing the horizon for the first time, like wouldn't that be disorienting? Yeah, the idea of looking ahead and it never ending. I mean, I guess they can look into space, but you don't see any horizons, right? Because we got we had that with Bobby Draper being like super Mm -hmm. like weird and confused, you know, when she got (laughs) when she got to Earth, and they were like, "Keep your eyes down, don't look at the horizon, because like it'll fuck you up." Um, (laughs) The opposite of what we hear, (laughs) right? Like not to be whatever I would. I would trade Jasper Jordan for Bobby Draper. Oh, I'm a terrible person. No, no, no. That, I think person. that's. I think that's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. All right, pick, pick, pick one of your of your well. I have to do best. all of them. No, I I put them all here because they're all important. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. All right, you have five minutes. Uh, okay. Um. So no, no, no. I'm just. I'm just gonna do all of them. We can cut <laughs> it if it's like too much. But so I think I'll start with. The Wells one is the most important one, so I'll do that one. Um, so, the, and I've talked about this before on this podcast, the fact that, like, Wells goes unmentioned over and over again. And so, in this episode, we have Murphy bringing up his hanging, um, which was about Wells, <laughs> because that hanging was because they thought that Wells, that they thought that Murphy killed Wells. Yet they don't mention Wells. They go d- directly into um, Alexa mention. And then um, the then when Clark is having those um, hallucinations, her mom goes, everyone who, tr- everyone um, you love dies. Everyone who tries to protect you dies. Your dad died. Lexa died. And let me just, like, disclaimer, I'm not saying we should not mention Lexa's name. I know that she's very important to the audience. This is like, we should also mention Wells's name because he went down to to Earth. Um, he committed a fake crime to be there for Clark and protect her on Earth. And so, like, it is a perfect moment to, like, add him in there. It's a perfect moment to add him in when they're talking about, like, Murphy being hung, but they don't mention him at either time. But I, so, think, I think it was probably because Clark wasn't there. Clark was there for Murphy's hanging. Clark was there for Lex's death. Murphy was there for his own hanging, and he was there for Lex's death. That's what I'm guessing, like... 
it had to do with. Like, that's why he didn't mention But no, I, for me, it's like, what affected Clark? And, and like, Wells' death should have very much affected Clark. And so, like, for me, when every time that, that it's, like, pertinent that they mention Wells, but they don't, especially if they only mention Lexa, like, again, like, I know how important she is, and I'm not saying don't mention her. I'm saying also mention Wells, because, like, it makes it seem like it is a vapid fan service instead of a moment where we're talking about characters who meant a lot to Clark. Okay. And who, who like shaped who she is today. I and so I, I like, that's like, that's my problem with it. I think that like people who um, were very invested in Clark and Lex's relationship, it's enough for them. But for those like who, who liked it, but maybe weren't as invested, it just rings false to not mention him. And also like, um, this feeds into a bigger issue, which is like more my point here, is that like, we don't mention Wells in this moment Ever? that is- Ever, ever, ever. There's been, and like I said, I've talked about this before. Like, this has been an issue before. We don't mention him ever, despite the fact that he's her childhood friend who we saw on screen die after he came down to be with her and protect her um, as her friend. Um, And on top of that, in this episode, you know, not just this episode, we start with last episode where a, a man of color died violently and while being disfigured. Um, and, and yes, I understand, like, how that worked into the story. But, like, so you factor that in. And then you have this episode where Wells has multiple moments where he should be mentioned, but is not. And, um, and then we have the fact that, like, who is the hero of this episode? In an episode where the character players are three men of color... Um, one woman of color, two women, and the hero of this episode is the one white guy who is on the ground. I mean, I, I, when I, the the way that I labeled this, I labeled this, um, unintentional implications because this show needs to be a lot more careful with what they're saying about their characters. Um, because, like, this, I, I I can, like, have the presence of mind to say that this was unintentional, but this is what happens when you don't have enough diversity in the writer's room. Although, I think that there is diversity in the writer's room, so how, how did this happen, you know? I, I just, like, I don't think that these were good choices, and I don't think that this speaks to the type of story that they want to tell. Um, and when I read an interview with um, Jason where he's talking about how he decided who the the hero was of this episode, and it wasn't be- because of, like, um, considering the characters and um, their, their narratives and their arcs that have culminated in this moment, he said, I thought it would be cool if of all people it was Murphy. So, like, this is a, a storyline that was written on a whim and that whim you have to wonder if there are unintentional you know like let the one white guy be the hero for once question mark um and so <laughs> when is it the when is it the straight white guy's moment when is it the straight guy's moment? so it's just i i like i sat there with this and i'm like a the fact that they it, to this point it feels like 
will, they're willfully not mentioning Wells, despite like how important he was to Clark. And and again, I feel like every time I argue this, it's like me attacking Lux, and it's not. Like I am fine that she was mentioned. That is like not my problem. It's that the, this is like to if elevate, we're mentioning two pe- if we're mentioning if we're dead men- people who matter to matter Clark. to Clark and who shaped who she is. And, like, have, like, such a very powerful yeah, I, meaning with who you. she is. Yes, exactly. I got you. We, need, um, we, we do need to move along, Wells. <laughs> well, no, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, add Wells because it adds to the moment. And even it, like, elevates Lex's mention instead of doing the opposite. And that's what my point was. And I think that they should think about that. Anyways, okay, my other thing. Um, hair and makeup. Clark's hair. What is going on with it? Because yeah. I, I, I was going to take a picture of my dog, but he wouldn't stand still. But, like, my dog and Clark right now have the exact same hair, and that is not a compliment, no matter how much I love my dog, because I cut his hair myself. <laughs> okay? So, just putting that out there. And the okay. other thing, um, oh, I was upset with the Nightblood thing, how it was, like, such a cop-out. They're like, oh, well, we, we made that whole thing about, like, needing Nightblood to get here, but just kidding, you don't. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of wanted some of the grounders to melt to death. Um, and that, that goes into my, my last point. So, so, I didn't get this. Why? So, um, when the mention came, um, this started in, um, season four and went into the mentions of season five when, um, I think Shaw, who, I don't, I can't remember who they Oh, it was Raven reading about it on the Allegius talking about how they had to have, they created Nightblood to send people on the Allegius missions to go to these planets oh. with the idea that like they would need it against this the the two suns radiation oh, or whatever. Okay. I thought that they I thought that someone saw Clark's blood and was like, "Oh, that that's like the blood from the Allegiance 3 mission." Um it's possible. Oh yeah, no, they they also mentioned that as well. Um and I okay. think that, that was that was when um she was tied up with uh Shaw and Dioza and McCreary. Yeah. But anyway, moving yeah. along. I'm trying to I'm trying to get us to uh yeah, but this Hurry. is so important. Um, it's important. Um, so what I what really annoyed me um, is that so when Abby says like wake up at all of Sky Crew because they're universal donors, how few of them there are because like fucking hell, like if anybody solved problems on the ground, it was fucking Sky Crew. Like we have <laughs> Mount Weather. Who like who took out Mount Weather? It was Sky Crew. Um, and then they were blown up by grounders. <laughs> um, who, um, hold on, what did I write? Who built, like, a prime fire arc to survive in? And then they were going to share it with Roan when he was being a dick. Um, and then grounders burned it <laughs> to the ground. Um, and then who found the bunker? Skyker found the bunker. And not only did they find it, the grounders made them fight for it in a contest that heavily favored everyone but them. <laughs> Even though they ended up winning against all logic. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, um, Octavia <laughs> gives all of their seats away to other grounders, except for like, what was it, a tenth of it? Less than a tenth of it? And then, um, she sets up a system that heavily favors grounder survival. Because like, why didn't, why weren't they having chess matches to see who won in the pit? No, it was like, hand-to-hand comment, so, uh, combat, something that was only favored by grounders. Like, it drives me crazy that we never talk <laughs> about this because it's, like, it's so unfair. And the fact that, like, 
um, the anger of the people who are mad at Octavia, it should be more highlighted that there is like a reason why. And, and again, like this is why Kara to me was a, a more sympathetic um, character than people let her be because like everything they fucking have been through is ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Um, and yet we can't say anything bad about grounders, apparently. <laughs> Question mark? Thoughts? Comments? Uh, no, I... It's been a while since we've uh, Grounder versus Sky Crew debates. Yeah, which I... <laughs> season four. I, I appreciate. I, I, I appreciate the thought that you put into all of this, Bubs. Um, yeah. You don't I, have time I, to debate I, yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to table this because, yeah. yeah. It's um, irrefutable. I get it's it. It's irrefutable, okay. exactly. It's fine. It's fine. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts before we get into TV shows to recommend? No? Nope. All right. TV shows. Shaheen, anything? Um, no, I got nothing. No TV? No. No, nothing? All right, fine, fine. I've fine. been watching the Terminator movies. Yeah! <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to watch all of them, even though I know that the, after the second one, it kind of... Wait, have you are, you've drops. seen all of them before, though, right? No. Have you seen I'm any not. of them? I've seen... Yeah, I saw the first one when I was a kid. I remember the hydraulic hydraulic press. Yes. Scene. Wait. So have you seen Terminator, Terminator, and Terminator Two so far? In your and three. In your and three, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I, just, I got so excited that I burped. Um, Excuse you. I got so excited that I that like my, my little cider burp happened. Please edit that, that out. That was dude, adorable. How how have you not told me that you were watching T two? How how what? Did how not? did you not tell me? How did you not tell like, you? slide into my DMs and be like, I'm watching Terminator 2? <laughs> I texted you, you guys. Wait, you did? Did I respond? Yeah. Fuck, was I high? Yeah, you did. <laughs> God damn you it. You said like, what did you think about it? What, two is amazing. And then he was like, oh, another, that's the right. The first one was my favorite. Right, yeah. And you're like, okay. I was disappointed. Yeah, I don't, yeah. never mind. We don't have to bring this back Wait, up which, again. which is the one with the kid with the good hair? Uh, T2. Yeah, that's the better one. <laughs> yeah, no, T two T two is is better than T one, but both of them are excellent. Terminator, yeah. I don't it's even like remember aliens. Terminator three. Here's the thing: I'm very excited for the for the sixth one that's coming back, mostly because Linda Hamilton will be back, and Arnold, <gasps> and there's some girl who looks like a les, and I'm into it. So, <laughs> oh wait, I, is that from that um, the screen grab that we saw like a million years ago? Yes. Oh, the the, the, the super soldier in a dirty beater, like be still my heart. Anyway. Yeah, that was that was quote unquote sexual. It was very sexual. Yeah. Um I'm glad that you're watching the Terminator movie, Shaheen. That pleases me. Thanks. Um uh Bubs. Yes. Oh, I wrote something down and I forgot it. Um You said you finished oh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I finally finished Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because it was on Netflix, and I loved every single minute of it. Um if anyone like lost their way in watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or has never started it. You should totally, especially if you have, like, any loved one or if you've dealt with any kind of mental illness, um, it totally handles it with, like, hilarious care. <laughs> um, and I watched the final episode is just a concert that they put on in L.A. with all their favorite songs. And it was, I cried, like, three times during <laughs> it. <laughs> so, um, it's Crazy just a really great, yeah, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Watch it. Show. Um, I'm going to go ahead and recommend, um... What am I watching? I'm watching Umbrella Academy right now, um, which I'm into. It's fun. It's funny. It's kind of like an adult sort of misfit superhero show. Um, Biggest tribulation with that show. Huh? 
I'm asking you what your biggest tribulation with the oh, show is. I will get into that. <laughs> you cannot cast Ellen Page and expect me to A, believe that she's heterosexual, and especially not if you're going to dress her like a lesbian. <laughs> like, I knew it would be this. <laughs> come on. Like, I love Ellen Page. She's a great actress. She's funny. She's got this whole self-deprecating thing going for her. It's great. And maybe because of the comics, she's supposed to be straight. But they could have flipped the gender of the guy who's been hitting on her and, like, made it act- made me actually buy it. Because... Ah, she's so gay. Like, she just reads so gay. And then they put her in, like, button-up flannels. And I'm like, you're gay. You're super gay. And this is not a dig at Ellen Page as an actress at all. Like, she just has gay face. And I don't make the rules. But other than that, Umbrella Academy, it's funny. It's weird. There's a kid actor in it who's excellent. Um, It's kind of bizarre. Like, it's just a bizarre little superhero show um so there's that and then i've also been watching gentleman jack which speaking of gay um if people do like sort of like weird um period pieces though this is also based on like actual true story like they have all of this woman's writing it's like she i think it was in the 1700s she's like a landed gentry whatever um and she's a les and she like doesn't present as mask as male but she definitely presents very masculine and so she like runs like her family's like empire slash business and that was very uncommon um you know obviously for the at at that time period so it's 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 funny it's weird um it's campy in a way um but i I recommend it if if you're a gay or if you're a bubs who went ooh, (laughs) Um, i'm all about that camp life i told you i'm holly parker but no this is this is the woman who is a real woman who had a diary yes it was written in code yes actual code and then when they like unearth them they're like well that seems fake or they were just friends and you're like motherfuckers <laughs> they were fucking this is explicit Worst like straight goggles in mine you've heard it here <laughs> point is uh it's on hbo uh give it a whirl oh and umbrella academy is on is on netflix um cool do you guys have anything else as i'm trying to like desperately wrap it up wrap, wrap it the up. fuck up <laughs> yeah no i'm um, done I love that for us coming to this podcast being like, I don't have anything to say about episode two. We have gone on for 14 Except hours. For Except for fucking bugs. I'm sorry. Are you? <laughs> no. No. Um, all right. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode three. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Maybe they'll meet their clones. I don't know. Um, I'm worried it's going to be Becco heavy. For those out there who are also worried, I hope I, hope I will be holding like, a candle vigil that, Monday God, night. I hope that you they have the most like romantic, visit me on Twitter. Slow, we didn't die. Go fuck in, yourself, Joe. A, 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 Go fuck yourself. Madness, like maybe the set, maybe when the and then sets, and then Joe, no, and then maybe Echo they, falls into a quicksand pit and, and Belly dies. dives in after and then that no, comes into like a sex because, cave and oh god all right maybe we can get everyone goodbye take it easy guys. we love each other i swear <laughs> bye <laughs>